Futurecast. On this episode of the SNSW Podcast, it's our monthly two-hour podcast. On this month's show, the Celtics have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals of the NBA playoffs. We'll break down the matchup between the Celtics and their opponents, the Miami Heat. We'll also discuss how the Celtics got here and recap their seven-game series versus the Toronto Raptors and what mistakes the Seas can learn from to advance to the NBA Finals. We'll also speculate on the destination of one of the league's most talented and most disgruntled superstars. Also, it's week one in the NFL. We'll break down the week one games, including the debuts of Cam Newton on the Patriots and Tom Brady on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the SNSW Podcast, but it's all relative. And welcome to episode 7 of the SNSW Podcast. I am Craig D'Alessandro, executive producer of the SNSW Network. If this is your first time finding us, welcome. We're glad to have you here with us. The SNSW Podcast is a one-hour weekly, two-hour monthly podcast recapping the biggest stories in the world of sports with a New England flavor. The show notes and transcript of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and BuzzRoute pages. If you're new to the show or you haven't yet, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you generally get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. All of our links will be in the show notes. This is our monthly two-hour show. We are Lotus of the Gills. The Celtics have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's week one in the NFL. So I won't take up any more time to lead us into this week's show. Here's Joe Malkin. Hey, guys. Hey. What's uh, going on, boys? Hey, uh, happy football Sunday. Uh, Happy, uh, which now we can officially say uh, happy NBA Conference Finals, or at least in the East we can say that, right? So we 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 do have a lot to talk about today. We we did a rundown and we met beforehand. No, but let's go around the room. Boys, how are we feeling today? First day of the NFL season. I know Dave's buzzing over there. Bobby's getting ready for his Cowboys at 8 p.m. And I know the four Patriots fans, myself, Ray, Mike, and, and Craig are uh, are loving what we saw today from the New England Patriots. But Dave, let's start with you. Just real quick, how, how are you today? Uh, fantastic. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys heard my impassioned plea on the midweek podcast. I'm sure you did. It seems like a lot of people downloaded and subscribed. Thank you. Uh, but I was trying, I was trying to convince everybody that Mitch Trubisky has the heart of a lion and the heart of a champion. And what did we see today? Mitch Trubisky, fourth quarter, three touchdowns, gave it to that Matt Patricia Lions team, which our, our predictions team, unfortunately, has getting a ludicrous amount of wins. But hey, it was fun. It was a fun thing to do. But yes, I'm absolutely fired up. Mitch Trubisky's my guy. I'm really glad I hitched my wagon to him. It was the riskiest bet of my sports career, and he's already proven me right. Let's go. I'll, I'll okay. tell you what. It was, it was fun to watch, and it's, it's nice to see you excited, like actually excitable. I don't know if we've gotten <laughs> you this excited yet, uh, but I like that you say heart of a lion, and he beat the lions today. So, uh, well, Mike's wrong. Yeah, that's uh, so how we got it. Of- that's how we got that heart. That's right. Took it, right. Took it from uh, the lions today. Bobby, your, your cowboys play the Rams tonight. How are you feeling today? I'm ready. I couldn't be more ready for an NFL season. Like I said to you guys before the show, this is the first time since high school 
where the clapper will not be walking out of the tunnel for the Cowboys, and I've never been more amped up for a football team in my entire life. I don't have to see someone clapping on the sideline when we're losing 21 to nothing anymore. It's amazing. That's another thing we're going to talk about when we get to the NFL. We are going to start with the NBA today, and we'll do that in just a second. But another thing that we want to get to in the NFL is is new faces in new places, which is exciting. But, Mr. Marcangelo, what's going on in your 49, 49ers jersey over there? Yeah, this is – I mean – Today is just a, just a wild whirlwind of emotions, man. I think that Patriots win was awesome. It was great to see Cam in a, in a, in a Patriots uniform. It was weird, really weird to see Tom Brady come out in, in a Bucks uniform. We'll talk about that later. So, I mean, I'm so happy football is back, and I did not expect any – I mean, really, most of the things that happened today to happen. So, I'm, I'm jacked up. Yeah, it was definitely definitely a lot of fun. Mr. Rayshon Buchanan, what's going on over there? How are you in, in the great city of Boston today? And I'm I'm just as hype, man. Um, you see, I'm 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 rocking I'm rocking the Cam jersey already. So, you know, Superman is in is in the building. So let's um let's get into the the fun stuff. Uh, and as always, if you're watching uh watching us live, uh, oh speaking of, I I realized listening back to myself, I hate listening to myself, but listening to myself in the AFC prediction game show, I say uh too much, and I really got to stop doing that. So let's get into the NBA. <laughs> I, it's too many verbal pauses. I need to just take the pregnant pauses like I took earlier, Dave. Yeah. The NBA uh, is in a very exciting spot right now. Guys, that Celtics series against the Raptors was, speaking of a whirlwind of emotions, this this game seven was a whirlwind of emotions. Um, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not necessarily a bandwagon Celtics fan, but this is the first game I watched from opening tip to final whistle. And of the playoffs, at least. And I can't say enough about the product that the NBA is putting out there. However, the referees kept the Raptors in that game. And it's frustrating to watch. Well, yeah, absolutely. In the whole series. But just game seven specifically, how much they kept them in the game, especially in the fourth quarter. And the the one point I want to make is how – bad the Celtics have been in the third quarter but they managed to get a lead going into halftime and kept that lead even if it was just one point they kept that through the entire 12 minutes of the third quarter and they didn't run away with it in the fourth but they were they were the better team uh and it was it was frustrating so what are your guys thoughts let's let's start with Ray Yeah, so I mean, you you know how fired about was this whole series, guys. I mean, we talked about it. <laughs> Stop talking to us. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so much I had to had to just kind of watch it on my own and just go through my own emotions. But um, I guess you know, from a podcast perspective, I guess it was great that it went seven. The fan of me is pissed that it went seven games because it only it really should have went five. You can't keep making some of the mistakes that we made and think that you're going to continue to keep. Uh, advancing in the playoffs. Now, it showed in the first two games that we were the better team. Uh, you know, we handled them in game one. Game two, I believe Toronto was up 12 at the end of three, and then, you know, we, we mounted a comeback. So that right there showed me, okay, great. We won in a blowout. We lost. Uh, I mean, we also we also won in a tight game. This should go. This should be a very short series. Then it goes to game three. They put in Taco Fall to be the guy that guards the inbound when they maybe should have an extra defender uh, that was smaller to kind of cover the cover the corner, and you know the series turns around on on one shot. But I, like I said, I, I guess you know to use Bobby words, I'm glad they persevered because I would have had a whole different mood 
if even if the Patriots won, the Patriots didn't win today, but my mood would have been completely different if we would only talk about New England winning today and the Celtics are at home like I am. So I feel like the the big thing that Joe pointed out was like how bad they had, how many bad third quarters they had. And that to me isn't like they had a bad ter- third quarter. It To me, it's they, they're coming out of the locker room slow. And I think that that's a big, uh, a big thing that we need to fix going into the next series because, yeah, I, like I was trying to – decide if the Raptors were coming out hot or if we were just coming out dragging every single game. And it was definitely that we were coming out dragging. The Raptors weren't doing anything that differently. Game one and game two, they were trapping us a little bit with a two, three zone, but like that lets you get a little hotter shooting from the perimeter. So they couldn't do it for like the entire game. So they were able to get us like once or twice in, uh, in the third where it, it was devastating for our chances to win. And it's like, you can't keep repeating that in the next, in the next series when the teams just get better and better, you have to come out hot in the second half. I don't know if Brad needs to fire up his speeches a little bit. I don't know if like, I don't know what, I don't know what the solution is, but like everybody's got to change their mental with that stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know if he does either. He needs to start yelling at some refs too, by the way, he needs to get a little bit more mad at Gosh, the refs from time to time. Darn it. I love Brad. I love Brad. I'm not trying to, I'm not turning on Brad, but I think a little fire goes a long way. Like if we continue through to the finals and we maybe play the Clippers, that'll be a big difference. I've seen Doc Rivers in a final series. Like he gets hype. And like, if Brad just gets shouted down, like that's not going to work. You know, we already, it's already a tough matchup. So where have you seen Doc in a final series? In 2008. Oh, for the Boston right, Celtics. Right. Yes, yes. Bobby, have you gotten that Raptors uh, tattoo covered up yet? No, listen, listen, listen. I don't know if you guys remember. <laughs> don't, I, don't try I make, and say you're taking yeah, his take. I, listen, I'm not, in the take. Listen, Joe, Joe, I wasn't going to, and Joe set it up, okay? <laughs> I really wasn't going to. I really wasn't. But I was – dogfight, am I right? Dogfight. I'm just saying. It shouldn't have been, though. Like Ray right. said, it shouldn't have been a yeah. dogfight. But the thing it is, though, on one shot, that should have been a sweep to five games. That was like, th- we were set up. You had abandoned your take by that I point. I did. No, I did. You I jumped off the train. Listen, and- <laughs> I, I, I wasn't even going to mention the train until Joe brought it back into the station, okay? But any, <laughs> anyways, anyway. That's typical for Bobby, by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest takeaway from this series for me, though, is really that perseverance of the Celtics. They showed the, the, the number one thing to win a championship when it comes to a long playoff run is adversity. If your team is not tested, if you're not brought to that limit, then you don't know who you really are because that's when you find out if you have that championship DNA. Marcus Smart, championship DNA. Jason Tatum, championship DNA. Jalen Brown, championship DNA. And this is something that we now know for a fact that they have. If we had one and four, be like, all right, cool. We're rolling. Awesome. What if we get tested against the heat? We wouldn't have known how it would turn out. Now we know these guys have what it takes when it comes down to it. The any given Sunday speech right there. I'm ready, to, say, I'm ready to run through a wall for like Bobby that? now. He's right. He's right. Remember when Philly <laughs> said it for years, trust the process. Like that was yeah. Philly. I mean, that's that's everybody uses that, but Philly was the most recent. How'd that work NBA. out for him? Right, exactly. But so here we are in Boston. Brad signs a new five year five year deal during the lockdown, right? Or just just as they came out of it. He signs a new five-year deal. Danny Ainge basically stands pat at the trade deadline, and they run with the with the kids they got. I mean, Marcus Smart is still relatively a kid, right? That guy, is he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. He is insane. I mean, he flops. 
he does do it. I, I watched it firsthand. And Ray's like, no, I'm looking at Ray for like, I'm like, Ray, that's a fact. I'm okay yeah. with it. I'm okay that's with it. No, but, no, but it is it's, okay. It's who he is. It's who he, he is. Did it, he did it on a charge the other night. And I was talking to a friend and he goes, well, did you see how he took that? And he flopped. He, I said, he didn't flop. He sold it. And you have yeah. to sell a charge like that because selling a charge is big. That's, that's, I mean, there was like five charges called in that game. That's a, that seems like a lot to me. Um, but yeah, Bobby, I mean, that's the thing about you, you trust the process and you let the, you let the kids do it. And that's why I think Kyrie was even more of a cancer and I know he's long gone and I don't, I don't want to like just relive the past and say, you know, this is the reason for our problems. But at the time, I think he was the biggest problem because he came in and he tried to single-handedly change the culture that wasn't the culture that they needed in Boston. But before I keep going, uh, Michael, give yeah. us your thoughts on the Celtics. So, I mean, obviously I'm really excited that they won that series and that they're, and that they are advancing. Right. But Bobby, you said like, the, you know, they had perseverance. They created the majority of their own things that they had to overcome. And if they do that again in the next series or against a better team, I don't, I don't know if, if the Heat are better than the Raptors. I mean, I, I think they are. But if they do that against like the Clippers or the Lakers, they don't have a shot. You can't have double-digit turnovers consistently every game and, and expect to win. They, they yeah, fixed that problem by the end, though. They fixed that problem yeah, by the but, end. And I think that's, that's a plus for them that they figured out they figured out things that were going wrong for them and, and made adjustments but to your point. Like they have to figure out how to, how to come out of the half strong. I mean, cause they start games yeah. pretty well, right. They have to figure out that third quarter. Um, and I, I mean, he's just making me eat my words. Marcus smart, man was just <laughs> the best in that series. They're down 12 and he hits five straight threes to, 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 to get in the lead back. So, I'm really excited about uh, about the Heat. I am scared. I did I did say I think a week or two ago that the Heat do scare me because they resemble a lot of the things that we do well. And Jimmy Butler is playing very very well this year. But uh, I mean this uh, this series was was a great series win. It should never have gone seven. DK should have been right. It should have been a five game series. But but uh, but but Bobby was. See, this, really is, this is why you know, he's no, 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 no. He's, he's, he said he said it was going to be a sweep. He said we were going to sweep Toronto. Well, he started with five, and, and then I, I baited him into staying four. No, I, well, I said it. With, hang on a second. I said it was going to be a sweep too. You said what? I said it was going to be a sweep. You're both wrong. Yeah, you're both wrong. You're both wrong. No, no, no. I'm just trying – actually, honestly, here, I'm just trying to back Bobby up on this one, uh, partially because I feel bad for, like, yelling at him about the Adrian Peterson thing in text earlier. <laughs> but but it, it, it's – I said that it, before game three, my exact words were, if, if Toronto wins this game, it goes five. If they don't, it goes four. That's also called hedging your bets, Bobby. Sometimes Which it is- works. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. Now, can I just please defend myself on the sweep call? Like, we were good enough to sweep them. We proved across the first two games that we were good enough to sweep them. Yeah. If we played the way – like, and not even – I don't even blame them for what happened in game three. Like, that was a fluke play. I've yeah. got, like, 0.5 left on the clock, and it, Never and it seen swings the whole like series. Yeah. Ray, you said it swung the whole series. Like, it absolutely did. Like, that's like, – and then they had a hangover game, and then they, they got the job done. You know what I mean? But they were all – they proved that they were as much better – than the Raptors that I said they were, I think. Do you not? Do you not agree? Like I feel like they are no, considerably yeah, I, I, better I, I, basketball team. I just think, like you know, that that game six was infuriating um, for so yeah, many. Was. <laughs> so, so many, so many guys. Because honestly, I'll I'll say this guy. I'll I'll tell you why I was so triggered and so pissed. Right? If you remember the 2018 Conference Finals, right? We go up three two, and we head to Cleveland. Rozier, 
has the game of his life against Cleveland. Jalen Brown, I think, had 27. And then, you know, LeBron uh, went took over in the fourth and then overtime. But if you remember, there was calls that were being given that should not have been called against Boston. And I said, damn it, like, this is going to be the same thing that happens where yeah. we're up 3-2. You know, we go on the road, so to speak, you know, you know, <laughs> quote-unquote on the road, and they make calls to favor the other team. And that's why I, I was like, damn, like, are, is it going to be something where we get screwed again? And it shouldn't have, shouldn't have been because we was up 2 against that Cleveland team, too, if yep. you remember. And we were, we were better than that Cleveland team. I, yes, we had they had LeBron James. We were better than that team too. I, I don't care what LeBron sexual will say. We were better than that team too. It also doesn't like make sense to me that the NBA would want the Raptors to move on because they're like they're not a star-studded team. Like they're, they, they're not that, ratings generating at all. They were like, building that narrative. That's what I was saying to you guys. Yeah. They were building yeah. that narrative from from before the the playoffs started. It was like, oh yeah, everybody doubted them. I was like, who doubted them? They were like a non-starter. They were a non-factor. Like they weren't being talked about. Kawhi's gone. Nobody gives a damn about the Raptors anymore. But then there, like, there was this slowly this, thank you, this slowly this, uh, this building of like on ESPN, like on all these different places. It's like, oh, but like the Raptors are sneaky. LeBron came out and said it, right? LeBron came out and was like, oh, everybody knows they're good. Like, blah, blah. I'm like, they're not though. Like, they're not. They don't have the guy who won them the championship. That's, it's simple math, right? That's why the NBA wanted them to continue because they have this legacy narrative that they didn't deserve because they weren't, they weren't the legacy champs, you know? Well, why wouldn't you want and, – and this is going to that point So, because I kind of agree with it, right, that they were building the narrative, like Ray said. They're making the, the calls in, in Toronto's favor. We saw it all series. Not that Toronto isn't – they're still a good team, right? There's no Kawhi, but they're still a good team, um, even though we all said that they stink before when Bobby made that point. But they, I still clearly, think they stink. Well, they, clearly they're, <laughs> they're better than we thought they were because they got to the point they did. And maybe that was because of the narrative, Dave, and I, I don't disagree with you, but why as the NBA, so we, we sit here as fans and go, why wouldn't you want Brad Stevens Celtics, if, if the NBA had their choice, why wouldn't you want Brad Stevens Celtics and LeBron James's Lakers? I know I say LeBron James like he's the head because, coach, because but they why were, wouldn't they were you want to build that narrative? They were about to see two two seeds or two one seeds drop from the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time ever, and a lot of people in those fan bases are going to come and be like, "Oh, there's an asterisk on that because it's the bubble season." So it's like all this weird stuff. The only reason that they got knocked out, and well, Neil, but like you don't think everybody in Toronto is going like, "Oh, if we if we took him to Game Seven in Jurassic Park, that's that's a wash." Like, no way, we definitely win there. And they they might be right about that actually. Like, if they would care about basketball anyway. Yeah, but they would have a they would have had a much bigger advantage if we had to go to Toronto and win. I actually still think we'd be able to because, like I said, the Raptors stink. But from if that, NBA, if that game six was in Boston. I promise. Exactly. Yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. Hundred percent, hundred percent, agreed. I'm, I'm, but not, if, I'm not hearing. No, that. but if what I'm if saying, I, no, no, what I'm saying is if they if they took us to seven games and we had to go, had to go to Toronto in a seventh game, that would be yeah, up for I, the exact I, I, reason I, I you said. Comfortable in that situation. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Exactly. I feel exactly. Exactly. I don't mean to be this guy again, but I don't <laughs> think we're giving that team enough credit, guys. Like, I know, I know that turned the series. I know, <laughs> listen, I get it. But the thing is, that game six, we, we all were talking about it. Kyle Lowry showed championship DNA. Same no, we let him into the shot, game, Bobby. That shot we under- that he hit was just unreal. Yo, he- we let him get going. We, that we did that to ourselves. We, had, we have an undersized Kemba, right? 
getting beat up by two physical like i know that van vliet is like short but he's like a big dude and he's just bumping on kemba for like four or five games and you can see kemba's performance levels going down yeah you could and like our and we let their guards into the game like we should have been like stretching the floor like moving jason tatum and 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 we eventually ended up doing this like when whenever we did when we played defense like this we always ended up like turning the game around and winning you know you know what happened when when they when Brad Stevens said, you know what, I'm gonna put Marcus Smart on Kyle Lowry, it changed. Yeah. The it was over. Yeah, yeah agreed. Exactly. And that, and agreed. Honestly, that was it. Had, had they put Marcus Smart on him every game, it would have been in four or five, like we talked about, because yeah. the games that he guarded him, Kyle Lowry didn't have that that same effect. To be fair, I didn't think Kyle Lowry was gonna be as good as he was. I really yeah. did not. No, I'm, no, but I mean, he, but he he did show up last year at a certain time, so I, I I figured he would have some games. But not to the point where he's getting thirty plus, and he's getting yeah. he's hitting turnaround jump shots on Kemba Walker, and he, he's hitting threes from from thirty feet like that. That was ridiculous. But like I said, you, we let him get going, um, and you know, and I, I also I have to say this too. If there's anybody that's listened to this, or you'll listen to this later on this week, or whenever you listen to the show, if you were someone that believed that Pascal Siakam was better than Jalen Brown. I want you to go to your nearest. That's crazy. I want you Dude, to. Go to I didn't know that was a thing people site. were saying. I want you to go get drug tested, and <laughs> I, want you, I want you to go sit down with a counselor and talk about how you've been abused because Pascal Siakam is not in the same breath as Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown locked him down. Shut him down. Yeah, no, Jalen Brown's awesome. I'm sorry, I, I probably go another twenty minutes, Joe, on Jalen Brown, but no, Jalen Brown is great. You know, remember, they both got drafted in 2016. You know, Siakam got the big deal for, I think, four years, $130 million. And then, you know, to, to, uh, to people's credit, people did not think that Jalen Brown deserved that four-year, $115 million deal last year. They didn't think he did. And then, he, you know, he's, he, he, but he keeps getting better each year. I mean, and he's showing the playoffs once again. He's that guy, and Siakam – it's just a jack. Let me ask you a question. Like, if if we get to the next the, the next round against the Heat, right? And Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum they shrink. Does he still? Did he still uh, deserve that four year one hundred fifty million dollar contract? Because we haven't done anything as of right now. We've done nothing more than we've done before with this with this with this team. We're we're back in the Eastern Conference Finals. They just need to take the next step and get to the actual finals. I disagree, though. No, I, I disagree. No, I, I, I agree with that. Go, go I, ahead, buddy. I don't just because the way that we just got here, okay? This team hasn't been tested like they just were. They were brought to the absolute brink. They looked like they were crumbling, and they had the strength to get back up for that Game 7 after three heartbreaking losses in a row. And we're able to come back and win that game seven. Reminds me of that Hawks series. It's like that Hawks series in 08. That's ex- so it's ex- like, exactly. It's like the pressure on the Celtics. It's a moment, you man. You never that felt a moment. to win that series, though. Yeah, same thing with this. So I never, I, I never thought that the Celtics weren't going to win the series. Right. But in 08, the, like the, the pressure was on them because they let it go to a game seven. Same exact thing that happened, mm-hmm. like, just now, it's like they should. Everybody was like, though, it's four or five. Everybody was going into that series calling it four or five. But on both sides, like Boston, Atlanta, Atlanta fans didn't even think they were going to win that series. We were the best team in the regular season. So, you know, it's the exact same thing. Like that adversity, that was what brought them together as a unit. And in 2008, I hope this state, but we're already kind of a unit now. I mean, like this whole thing that Bobby loves to talk about Kemba firing up the guys beforehand. You see him like walking around like, Patting everybody's so chest. Let me see I, that. Yeah, All right, let me see what I you wanna, got. I want to add to that. That would have been awful. And I, I would have got on because I, I think I said it in the group chat. I said, check your own heart right now. Because right. you, you're, tapping, you're tapping other guys saying, where's your heart? It wasn't a heart I, issue with no, Kevin. I'm no, telling no, you, he was getting bumped up by those guards. Like, it's not going to cut it. I'm sorry. 
It's he, tough, man. He's so undersized in that series. It was a matchup yeah, issue. It, I think. I, I'm with DK on that because I think it showed more heart that he never let that get into his head and never really let it. I know he didn't have a shot, but he really was banged up by the end of that series. You could see He also it. hit big shots at the end of, right. of yeah, the yeah, free throws that he yeah, hit. That's, he that's never let that affect him. He never let that affect his leadership. Like DK was saying, this man is a warrior, and I would follow him into battle. And Tatum and Brown and Smart, they're all on that same level. And you could see that level of play from them. That, that's well, the let's, guy let's, they let's wanted Kyrie to be. I, I want to get they that. wanted him to be. Hang on, Bobby. You should write TV shows, Dave. Whatever you can do out there in LA, you should write <laughs> TV shows for TNT because you know drama. That's right. Let me. This this is an an interesting way I want to look at this because a couple of points based on everything that was just said. This Celtics team always been great, right? As a franchise, they're kind of the the NBA's Yankees. Just to give a comparison, they've just always been good whether it's Bill Russell or you have, uh, you know, Red Auerbach or the big three in 08, uh, Larry Bird, they've just, they've always been good. Right now is a weird time for the Celtics, and it kind of has been for the last seven years. There was a big shift in this franchise and in this team where Doc Rivers leaves, the, that team is disbanded. Um, you had the old guys that were ready to win now, and they did that once, but they did it, right? Then you bring in a college coach who's never coached at this level, but a college coach who at Butler was notorious for having four-year student-athletes, something that isn't normally a thing in college. And let me finish this thought, and you'll see where I'm going with this because I think you're all going to like this. You bring in Brad Stevens, who's used to bringing four-year guys through. You didn't, you didn't have a lot of guys that were drafted after year one because they're a mid-major. They, they, NBA teams weren't looking at Butler to draft guys out of. But he always recruited well, and he always brought the right guys in to get the job done over a four-year period. And he went to two straight Final Fours at Butler. Now he's been there seven years. He's been able to draft, put his team together. Again, second time I'm going to mention it tonight. I think Kyrie was uh, a, a bad signing. I think they never should have brought him in. But I think it also made them stronger at the end, like a bad relationship. Now you're looking at a team that I don't think gets enough respect, even though they've only done the same thing every year. Like Mike said, they've just gone to the Eastern Conference Finals. They have to get over that hump. But that's where I've realized during this series that Brad Stevens is perfect for this organization and this organization is perfect for him because he's able to, under the guise of how good the Celtics organization has been through history, to draft and develop and keep guys here for a long period of time and give guys seven-digit contracts over a long period of time, $115 million. But it's for a long period of time. You're going to have time to develop that. So did he deserve it because they've just done the same thing, Mike? Maybe not. I think you guys can see where I'm formulating this thought. Basically, Brad's college experience is translating into the NBA, and I think it's working for him. Yeah, and just like college, he's just gotten to the Final Four. So now he needs to get to the, to the actual finals. But now he has time to do it because he can keep guys longer than four years. So he can keep Tatum and Brown along as, uh, around longer as long as they want to be here, right? Because we know some athletes just want to leave town after a while. But if he can keep the band together, he well, can well, get over I don't want to. I don't want to worry about keeping the band together yet. I think we want right. to worry about 
winning now. Let's you get know? this and band think, there. Well, yeah, but yeah. you gotta, but you gotta keep the band together, and you gotta pay the band in order to get to that point where you're you're rocking TD Garden rather than uh, the Hooters across the street that closed seven years ago. I think the go ahead, Bobby. No, I was just gonna. I think the biggest takeaway from what you just said, Joe, is. Kyrie, to me, that whole thing did make this team stronger, did make Tatum stronger, made Brown stronger, because they know how dysfunctional a team can really get, and they know how much better it is when that team is firing on all cylinders together and is all on the same page. So I agree with you there that absolutely, I think Kyrie made this team, leaving Kyrie leaving and Kemba coming in, it, it, it couldn't have worked out better for those three to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, have that Kyrie experience, see how bad that can really go. And now they're back again as those guys with another guy who, who is an absolute warrior. So I'm with Plus you. Money-wise, money right. money it, it was ROI even, you know, like we didn't take any hits from having Kyrie on the team. So it's like, it sure. can only be positive, right? It's like, you can, yeah. it, you're, not, you're not worried about cap hits. Like, it's fine. But Kemba is a Brad-style guy, right? Like, going back to, to, to me, in my mind, the, the thought of you're bringing a college coach to the NBA and it's actually translating, uh, Kemba, Kemba is a Butler-style player. If Kemba was a little bit more of a mid-major player, he'd end, he would have ended up at Butler. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, so th- this is the thing. I, I want to make it more simple. You guys tell me if you agree or disagree with this. We're now in a playoffs that has – there's no Giannis. There's no Kawhi. There's no LeBron. You have to get to the finals this year. You have to. There's no excuse. You, ha- yeah. you have to get to That's the a good way to sum up my well, final, I don't right? I don't actually I don't actually know where we go from here if we don't if we don't get into and, the finals. But you gotta remember because now now Brooklyn comes back next year with Kyrie and Katie. Say what yeah. you want. That's a hell of a duo. I don't, I don't, you can yeah. say what you want about we'll him being a head case. That's gonna be a great duo. Giannis, Plus Nash. Plus Giannis, Nash is Giannis, their head coach now. Yeah, but he's coach, which makes a big difference. Let's see how it translates. Right. Giannis is going to be there for next year. Maybe. You know, yeah, we'll get into that. But I mean, you know, he's there. So, you know, there's there's other talent there. So you you have you have to catch the light. This is our best opportunity that we've ever had to win. I guess my question is like, what if they get to the heat and they don't advance? What does, that, like say that. About, what, what does that say do, about Brad Stevens about really, all the players? Really have the heat being the Celtics, though? He did. I, I, I think in a well, way they, I, well, they scared me the most. I don't want to speak for Mike. I don't want to say that he said that. They no, no, that's why I'm asking him. Cause I'm just but, like, they scare him, but I'm like scare, scare and actually think they're going to win is two different things. Yeah. But the, see the Raptors didn't really scare me. And Dave mentioned it earlier. I don't know if they scared Dave, but Dave kind of said that earlier that he never felt like that, that, that series. I got was scared, out of I got scared a couple times. <laughs> well, you got scared a couple times, but was it about the actual team or about the series? You know, you can, I was mad at the be, Celtics more than I was like, like I was, I know me and Ray Sean were always talking about like, be positive and he was like don't tell me to be positive <laughs> but like <laughs> i was i was with him on the on the sense that they were doing a lot of that to themselves you know what i mean yeah. like they were shooting themselves in the foot and it didn't like i i didn't see anything from the raptors that i didn't already know except for i thought siakam was better than he actually was and i didn't think kyle lowry was gonna have a series like that but as far as the heat goes i mean we got bodies we can throw at jimmy butler is the thing yeah, but they're you know fast. What I mean? and they are fast. Yeah, so are we. So are we. What do you we mean? Are, we are fast, too. Uh, you know what? It, just like just like you said about the, the those two uh, players right there, about Siaka and, and Lowry, I, I don't think I realized how fast the Celtics team was. 
They yeah. nullified the Raptors so quickly with just getting back on defense. Like, and, and they were getting back. They are flying back. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where they spent. And they didn't play a ton of full-court ball. We do play full-court a lot of the time. Absolutely. Like, we do actually go coast-to-coast a lot of the time because we're long and athletic. We didn't do it at all against the Raptors because it was like any time we were playing that kind of game with them, we were losing because that's playing them at their game. I think we can do that to the Heat a little bit, you know, because I don't think they can run like us. I don't think that they can bump and grind like we can, like – there's some grit on that team because of because of Jimmy Buckets, who I love, but I don't know. Like they, he might they, be having a meltdown by Game Six. You well, know what one, I mean? like he might be full on freaking out and yelling one, at everybody. They, they also six. have a championship winning head coach too. I mean, he's he's been there before. He knows how to do it. He knows how to get your team there. Brad Stevens again. I I, I really like him. He, he might as well have been, he, he he well been the water boy that's, for that that's championship. Your, that's your guy, Mike. That's your guy. Well, well hey, that's your guy, Mike. Hey, I know, I know. Butler is the guy there. But there's one thing the Heat do have that I think they will capitalize on, unlike the Raptors didn't, and that's Ben. Ab- I can't even Ben Abadayo. He's a, he's a great offensive center, and I don't know if the Celtics are going to have an answer for him. Granted, that is what we said against the Raptors, and the Raptors just didn't use that. What about the Seventy Sixers? Reason? What about the Seventy Sixers? We had an answer for Joel Embiid. So I'll, I'll, I'll answer that, Bobby, because I, I agree with you, right? Bam, it's Bam Adebayo. It's hard Bam. for me to pronounce it too, but I think that's how you say it. But he's he's to me, he will be the best big man that we face until mm-hmm. we get to the finals, unless we get to the finals, because Anthony Davis or whoever's in lane. Um, I really don't want the Lakers. On a, as a side note, I really don't want the Lakers. I don't know if I want either one of those teams in the West. Nah, I'm fine with I mean, the Clippers. I, 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 I want. I mean, I, you want you want to beat the best, but that's just how I say it. But anyways, but we're not gonna be. We're not gonna be anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> Bam Adebayo, just from a just from like an energy standpoint is by far the best center that we're going to be facing. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that he defended Giannis and that series was That's what I mean. And I've never seen like Giannis usually plays the bully. I've never seen Giannis get bullied the way that he got bullied by Bam Adebayo in that series. So that's the one clear matchup they have, clear mismatchup that they have against us. But everything else to me is is even. Like to me, Kemba's better than Goran Dragic. Although Duncan Robinson and Tyler Herrick can shoot the lights out, um, they're not better as wings than you know. Kemba's also faster than their guards this time. Right, like, exactly. He can, be, but, he can. He's going to be able to blow by them. Like, like right, he's just not right. able to do against the Raptors. And, you know? and Miami, Miami will not play the box in one like Toronto did. No. That's, that's just not going to happen. They're men on. They're men on for the yeah. They, yeah, they're going to play men. Like, so if you're saying, hey, we're going to play men on men, uh, you know, we're going to play man against uh, <laughs> against Kemba Walker, Tatum, and Brown, then good luck. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You, you'll be going home. I and, do just uh, want to say that for me, it would it would be better if the Celtics beat the Clippers in the finals so that I could finally look you in the eye, Sean, and say that Brad Stevens is better than Doc <laughs> Rivers, and I have proof. He oh, just they gotta they gotta no. win Game Seven against the Nuggets first, then beat the Lakers. They better do that. The they Celtics. better do that. The Clippers yeah, like I, to I, blow leads. Yeah. All I have. How beautiful would it be? For the Celtics to get back to the goddamn NBA Finals one more time, and they're waiting in their way, is not only the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, LeBron James, man. <laughs> LeBron James. No, that doesn't. Sound it's like the, the it's like the final boss. That's, it's like the final on, boss man. of a video game. <laughs> there he is again. You better beat him because there he is. He's the guy. You yeah, got I'm, I mean, but oh, I, 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 that's, I, I, that's I, the story. I would love that to be. That's just me. Like I, I, I love to see the Celtics Lakers, and like it was, it was great in 08. It was great in 2010. Obviously, we had different results both times, but 
you know that you know it's just too bad that won't be in front of a crowd because that that would have been crazy. Oh man, that if Kendrick been, Perkins oh, is in that game seven, by the way, in 2010, yeah. if Kendrick Perkins is in that game seven in 2010, yeah. we win both of those series. Right. Yeah, and I know that this is a Boston centric podcast, but that's a fact. Mike right. was at my right. Mike was at so, my house for that. That was a very very sad. Right, night. but Mike, <laughs> I, I want to say this, I want to say this so this is on the record, and you don't think that I'm I'm shying away from this. I would love to be wrong and him tie Doc Rivers, obviously, because that means that the Celtics won the championship. So. I just didn't want Doc to be discredited as a coach, but I mean, my God, if he loses the series that we talked about this on a previous show, you have to at least get to the finals. You know, if you have, you know, the guy that Dave talked about being the best guy in the playoffs, which is Kawhi Leonard, you can't have that guy on your team and you not at least make the conference finals if not the NBA finals. So right. that, that has to happen. So yeah, that definitely is a chicken in his armor. Like we talked about if they do not win. You know, but yeah, there's a part of me I would love. Just like same thing with, with football. If we found a way to get against Tampa Bay, and oh. we slaughtered Tampa Bay, that would be beautiful. I love Brady, but so what? You on the other side, buddy? You 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 got to go down. So same thing. So if, right if we face Doc in the finals and we beat them four two or we beat them in seven, that's awesome for me. That'd be great because that means the Celtics are world champions. So you guys mentioned Giannis earlier and what's going on there in Milwaukee. There's been conversations around the league already, or I guess just in Orlando at this point, of what's going to happen next year with, with Mr. Giannis. What do, we, what do we think happens there? Does he stay in Milwaukee? No. No, God, I don't no. think so. No. Uh, I think he's already at the airport. Like, yeah. He's, just he's, waiting for them to tell him where to go. He's, he's crutching his way through the airport right now, like just <laughs> waving his hand trying to catch the, cl- the new, new, like, closest plane of anywhere else, Chicago, anywhere. He needs to get out of there as soon as humanly possible. He gave that. This is the rule in the NBA, like the, the LeBron James established rule. He gave them this period to put weapons around him to win. They failed to do that badly. Actually, they really did. They made a lot of dumb choices and they don't deserve to keep the best upside player in the NBA right now. They just don't. He needs to go to a bigger market and he needs to go win himself some rings right yeah. now. I completely – I think there's two things that, that to me point to him leaving is, A, how fast they were to say he wasn't. That game, the, the whistle barely blew, and Milwaukee was already like, hey, by the way, Giannis is coming back next season. You're like, um, no one. It's like that meme where it's like, absolutely no one, the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis is definitely coming <laughs> back next season. Like, that's, that's, that's how I felt like that went. No, like, where, where would your ideal situation be? Like, honestly, like, just give me your top so, two teams, Bobby. So there's, there's, two, there's two trades I think that Milwaukee, in my opinion, uh, their best deal and, and the one that makes the most sense to me. The first is the Miami Heat, our next first-round opponent. Just because of, A, the, the uh, track record of Pat Riley loving to give up everything that he has to go get a superstar to pair with Jimmy Butler, right? Right now in Miami, you have Tyler Harrow, you have Bam Adebayo, and then you have a couple draft picks that you get up to go get Giannis. I think that would be a match made in heaven. I think Pat Riley would love that, and I think it would be right back to that, not four, not five. You know Riley loves that <laughs> stuff. Like He loves it. The other one, the most interesting one to me, the Golden State Warriors. You I smile think- like that would put them back over the top again. Well, it would. Giannis, it Giannis? absolutely would. <laughs> oh my God, that team, that team. I'm not. No, no, no. Wait, hey, hang on. You, t- you take my tone, Ray. Ray, if you jump through this screen, we're gonna have it. And we're gonna go. <laughs> Listen. The, I, my, you, I, wait, hang on. You take my tone. I gotta, I gotta settle Ray down here because he just jumped out of his chair. 
You act like my tone was me saying that it wouldn't. My tone wasn't that it, no, it might, yeah, that's what it sounded like, Mike. But I, I don't mean it wouldn't. I'm trying to say your face, the expression you just made, it was like you were covering the Raptors logo that you put on your ass cheek, <laughs> and you were going to get a Golden State Warriors logo tattooed on your other butt cheek. But then, yeah, Bobby, 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 I, I see what you're saying. But Bobby, call me. I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the man in Miami. Call me up with that trade offer. Call me up. Bring, 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 click. Hello? I take that in two seconds. Without I'm going. That's yeah. it. I, before you even well, say, like, yawn it, I'd be like, yep. Yeah, whatever you want. Oh, do you want my car? I honestly, my wife. I whatever. Like you take that. You take that deal every single time. But that's not even a bad it. trade for either side, right? Well, that's it's it's a it. bad trade for Milwaukee, but Milwaukee's going to have to make a bad trade. But that's what I like, mean. They're going to have to make a bad trade because Giannis is just right. going to do that like NBA power move thing where he's going to go like I'm definitely not playing here next year, so figure it out. Am yes. I wrong when I say there was a rumor about um, Dallas jumping in on this conversation? I did see that too, but I think the other the other intriguing one to me is Philadelphia. Ben Simmons and maybe a Matthias Thibel for Giannis. For Wait, Giannis. You want Giannis and Embiid on the same team? I'm just I've, don't Embiid. they play the same position? Embiid, Embiid, Embiid technically plays small forward the way he plays center. So you have Giannis and you want Giannis and shitty Giannis on the same team? <laughs> <laughs> trade, trade Embiid and keep Simmons in that scenario. All right, yeah, hundred percent. Right, I like, touché, I like Dallas. I like Dallas or Miami. I like oh. those two spots for him. So, Miami works in my head. It, it does. It does. It makes sense because but, it's the Pat, Pat Riley factor to me is the biggest thing that he loves to go get him some superstars. So, but I'm I'm not so I'm not so sure they're willing to. And I get it if you have to part with Holly Harrow or some other guys to do that. But because I feel like they're going to be a part of that core, I just I don't see Pat Riley parting with. Out of bio or hero to get Giannis, like it wouldn't make sense to be. That's going to depend. That's going to depend on what they look like in the series coming up, though. Don't you think? Agreed. Like, right, yeah, but if sure. the Celtics, sure. if the Celtics come in and make them look and make them look second right, rate, which right. is very possible. Yeah, that's true. And then you're like, oh shit, the, the value, their value just went down because they can't beat like basically probably next year's third best team on paper in the East. So you like right. you have to then yeah. you have to start shopping them, and it, and it is kind of a match made in heaven. I think it's. If we smash the heat, it's a really rosy trade for both teams, honestly, considering the context. But I'll I'll add on to what Bobby said about the Warriors, right? So, you know, Golden State has the number two pick in the next year's draft. So I feel like if you do Wiggins. That's crazy. Yeah, Wiggins, uh, Eric Paschal, Pasco, Eric Pasco, Andrew Wiggins, Marquise Chris. I forget someone else on the team I'm forgetting about. Tosh Draymond in there. Um, maybe, maybe German, but probably, probably not. It may not have to take him, but and actually, if you want, maybe put Draymond in it, maybe. But and then the number two pick and maybe some cash to Milwaukee for that. I think that's the deal that happens. And then Milwaukee's Milwaukee dra- taking Milwaukee on. Just a guy out of um out of Memphis. His name is uh, James Wiseman, who who's an absolute beast. Like he would he would Wiseman be, is good. Yeah, he would be a stud. Or like, if Minnesota didn't draft Anthony Edwards, who should be the number one pick. Um, so you're hearing that here first from out of Georgia. He should be the number one pick. But if not, then uh, Wiseman could fall to that, and then maybe that guy goes to um, he goes to Milwaukee. But you know, I, I want to ask this because remember, you know, KD got killed for this a couple of years ago. So if Giannis went to Milwaukee, I mean, it's not the same Giannis, thing because he would be getting traded. It's yeah. not the same thing. I know, but it's so, just like it's. But it's it's to me, it's, it's um, not up to him. People was talking about him going to even a free it's agent. Up to him. Yeah, no. 
And that I'm just like, and some like, oh no, it's fine. So it's fine for Giannis to go to a team that well, he just previously. I guess won. the argument can be made that he's forcing them to trade him to a place. Uh, but he so can't force like them to trade him to. No, I'm saying, but I'm, no, I'm saying like, if, so if, if he if he just signed without without trading, if he said I'm going over there, and I think uh, I've seen the numbers. I, he could sign like a four year deal for like 170 million. So if he said I'm going there for four four years, 170, I'm going to Miami after we just lost to them. What what are people saying? What are you guys saying to that? I just think it's a little different because of what KD left. Right. Um, K- KD left what was already the most up and coming team in the NBA. He left. You see he left. What has been doing. I know, but but at the time, I'm not saying now, not knowing what we know now, but at the time, it was James Harden. Or he, I, Harden was already gone. All right, but it was still it was still KD. Your point your point is it was what he Hold left on. is what made that a bigger They took him to seven. They took the Warriors to seven. They took the Warriors to seven. I get you, but Russell Westbrook couldn't shoot he couldn't shoot in twenty sixteen, he can't shoot now. That's why he left. And the man no. went and won two rings. What are we talking about? That's why he left that's why he left Oklahoma City. They had they had Reggie Jackson, they had Serge Ibaka, they had uh, Steve, young Stephen Adams. They had they had all the talent there, and they did but nothing. People were so people were mad. Hey. People, the only people that were mad about him leaving Oklahoma City were Oklahoma City fans. People were mad that he went to the Golden, Golden State, State Warriors. You're, you're, miss, you're, missing one group, you're missing one fan base, Dave, and that's that's the LeBron fans. Because they were mad that he went to Golden State because they knew that man wasn't getting more rings once he went to Golden State. We were all that, mad for that, that reason. When he went to Golden yeah, State, the NBA point. was a cheat code. It was the stupidest thing that he could have done for the sake of the NBA. He ruined everything for everyone because it was a guarantee that the Golden State Warriors NBA. were going to win the championship. You got to get the job that's done. Why, that's, that's right. You got to get the job done. That's why you people were done. mad because it was like he didn't – no, no, no. It's not all that matters. Well, what matters is it is. That's why he left. He wanted to get his you can just keeps You can just keep saying it is, but that doesn't make it true. Let me make my point. The point is, he <laughs> he's on the Golden State Warriors and he wins, and he still gets clapped for not being the dude on a team. He's never been the dude on a team, and it bothers him. That's why he's got like six burner accounts arguing with random ass fans on the internet. And, and, and that's, it bothers that's, that's, him. That's, 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 he went. That, that no, what people sources. were mad about. What people were mad about was the fact that. He went to a cheat code team. He put himself on the best team when he sat down to play 2K. And nobody wants to do that. Build something. He was trying to build something, and he went to the enemy. He crossed enemy lines. That's what people were mad about. Did but isn't it the same yes. thing? But he went, and he won his ring. It is the same Steph thing. Yeah, you, well, hang on. It's not the same thing. He went. He, he, he's Kevin Durant. No, 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 he no, no, should no. be Kevin Durant. A Kevin Durant team has not won a finals. That was a Steph Curry team. Hang That's on, why. Dave. It's soft shit. It's, it's soft in the head. That's why. I'm playing, I'm playing in the middle, and I don't mean it's the same thing. Thing. I mean, it's the same thing as, as Giannis right now. Didn't you just say, Dave, that they had time to put a team around him? Exactly. And they, and but they, they, didn't. But they my didn't. point is, but the, my point is, the, that Oklahoma City Thunder team took the Warriors to seven and could have done it. Like they could have done it. They could have beat that Warriors team. Like they were they right there with them. Lead. But but they. So what you're saying is, but they, they, hang, they on, hang on, hang on, so, hang on. Warriors blew a three-one lead against the Cavs in the but finals. They, Should we blow that team up? But they didn't. So he left and jumped ship to the team that beat him. So you're saying that if Giannis goes to Miami, it's the same thing as what, even if it's by trade, that no, it's the well, same. No, because Giannis I mean, is going outside, outside of the situation. Wait, and, and, but doesn't that play in? Hang on. Doesn't that play into it? Aren't we, can we talk about the player? Like if, if, if LeBron James wasn't as vocal and as, um, as much of a face as he is, 
wouldn't we have had less of a problem of him jumping ship to Miami and then no, jumping ship again it. back to Cleveland? Ray agrees with me on this. It's how he did it. It was because he like made an ass of himself with that. But KD, but KD did it the same to me. It was KD the same made thing. an ass out yeah. of himself. It's the exact same thing. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he went to the better company. He went to the better franchise. Yes, thank, thank, and and what? Thank and you, Joe. Thank you. But, because Oklahoma City right. is, is a poorly That's run it. organization. That's but the it. thing That's is, all it is, the thing is, is OKC was on the cusp for years. Milwaukee isn't on the cusp of shit. They haven't been. All right. So, no, I mean, so they've been in the playoffs over the last four or five years, haven't right. they? And they've put the team because around Giannis, him, like Dave said. Giannis. Because of Giannis. No, right, right, right. but. Uh, yeah, but, but I'm saying I'm, I'm just talking about leaving the rival. I'm not saying about the talent they put around him. I'm not saying I'm just speaking. You leave to go to a team that you lost to in the playoffs, and that that's my only point I'm making. I'm were Oklahoma City and Golden State were those rivals before no, that series? They were rivals. They, what, I'm I'm telling you, I'm, and I'm, I'm saying this is what I know because I've heard this from other fans that that love LeBron. When when KD left in 2016 to go to from Oklahoma to go to, go to State, beat LeBron. They, yeah, they knew. Yeah. Damn, I'm 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 not so sure that Braun's gonna gonna get another one. Like it came out of them, and that's what it was. So it's not about oh, like part of it is like the, to what Dave said about oh man, that's the weakest move by a superstar ever. And I get that on on certain levels, but the era of trolling, the era of social media, they trash you for not winning. They trash you. Oh, he get he oh he gets to the conference finals, but he didn't win. Or he is it's oh, They still it's, trash KD though because like he but, comes with that weak ass shit. You can joke all you want, trash. regardless when he's done. He, he he's, he's still it's still it's a two times. He went to he, he went to a Steph Curry. He went to a Steph Curry team and he won on a Steph Curry team. A Kevin so Durant team has if, not if won a finals. Does not go there? Does Golden State win again? Yes. Yes. Probably. I, don't, I don't think they do. I don't. <laughs> Did you yeah. see that finals? They smashed the Cavs that year, dude. Yes. That was bad. No, but I, I don't. I don't think they do. Without, without, without. Could remember Kyrie, Kyrie, and um, and Love were hurt in 2015, right? And they took them six games with Matthew Dellavedova as the second best player. Ke- Love, and Kyrie, Love and Kyrie come back the next year, right? And then they they end up going seven and end up winning. So. I don't think that Golden State. It's a more. Isn't it a more interesting thing to watch though? Is 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 Golden State that iteration of the Golden State team and going back and and make and playing a fair series against LeBron and and the Cavs? Like, wouldn't you have wanted that to happen? That's what I was upset about, and that's what a lot of NBA fans were upset about. I mean, the narrative J- was J- ruined. J- the narrative is ruined. You knew what was going to happen, and you said even the LeBron fans knew it was right. going to happen. But, no, Dr- and it ruined the season. All right, to be fair, Dave. Draymond Green cried in the car and called Kevin Durant. So it wasn't like he was running to go to go. So they called that man and said, hey, come join us. They, I'm also mad, by the, the way. Car, like a little I'm, I'm also mad, by the way, because I was 100% sure he was going to come. He's coming to the Celtics. Celtics. Yes, oh, me too. Okay. I was okay. trying to say. Okay, okay, now, now we're right. getting somewhere. That makes sense. That was bad, too. <laughs> I went to sleep. Lay, lay down on the couch, my, uh, Dave. <laughs> lay down on the couch, Dave, and let's see where your anger really comes from. Hang on. Oh, All right. man. Hang on. We're, I'm going to switch gears. I'm gonna get, we're going to do a hypothetical here. That was great. That was amazing. There's no, there's no way. It's the NBA, right? We, we all know that it's the Players League, okay? Giannis is going to have a choice of where he is traded to. Whether, whether, he, whether they tell you he does or not, he's going to have a choice. What is his motivation and where does he go? Well, his motivation is to win, right? Obviously, like he has to get in there and win a championship in the next like two to three years. Otherwise, we're sure. looking at like the murmurings of, like you know, you remember LeBron year five, where it was just like, oh, is he? If he can't get it done, like da da da. All the, like it's like you're looking at a guy like 
Giannis now, like there was a lot of people saying he'd already have a ring by now. You know what I mean? When he came in, because it was like, oh my God, look at his athleticism. Look at this, look at that. There was some really good on-paper signings by the books. Then people get excited no matter who you put Giannis around. But for an actual situation that I think would work, I really do like the Miami trade for him because I think that Jimmy Butler will bring out the best of Giannis because like, I think they're both competitors. You so know, it's I, and okay I really, to go to the team that beat you in the previous playoffs? It's okay to go to the team to, that beat you in the previous playoffs unless you're Kevin Durant and I already think you're that's, kind of that's, an asshole. That's wild. That's wild. No, but um, I, I, I have an extra team in there, Joe. I want to throw in there. And this might make Dave upset, but it's okay. I think they're upset. Um, I think that he may look to go to Toronto. That could be an outside team. Um mm-hmm. I heard. I heard that that would make me so upset. <laughs> I, I know. That's what I mean. I, I, I We've never seen you upset, Dave. Dave. Tell us how upset it would make you. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, but I. I think that. Um, I never he has thought a, of that. That's, he that's has a relationship with, uh, with Masai Ujiri. So I think that, and we've already seen Ujiri pull the trigger on getting a superstar. So I think he would give whatever he needed to do. So if we had to sign a trade like Ibaka, Van Vliet, and like. Uh, with like Boucher for for Giannis, I think they'd be at and some picks. You need to throw some picks in there too. I don't know what their what their draft stocks looking like, but you yeah, I mean, yeah, to... whatever picks they want. Yeah, so don't be surprised if Giannis is in Toronto. Um, wow, that's yeah. I'm gonna yeah. so, I'm gonna have nightmares about that. Toronto, <laughs> Miami, Golden State, Dallas are the teams that I think. I mean, yeah, that, Dallas is intriguing too, but I, I I just don't I don't see who Dallas has the assets to give up. Like, are you going to give up to? Are you going to give? It would like, be Kristaps. It would be Kristaps. Yeah. yeah, what's it? Yeah, but he's, he's so injury he injury prone. prone. He doesn't yeah. stay healthy. Yeah. He doesn't stay healthy. Yeah, so we'll 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 see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I didn't even think of that to be honest. Um, I think that's actually probably the most intriguing one because I don't even everyone else. They would look for Giannis to sign an extension. We already know Toronto don't give a damn about an extension. They will trade for you if they think that you can get them a championship this year. But who um, would they put? Who would they put around him? Because Lowry's contract is up this year. It's 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 done. Lowry had signed. He'd be one of those guys that yeah, would sign. Yeah, he would come back. He would, he would come back for if he, he knew Giannis was there. Yeah, yeah. He, he would definitely gronk, He would gronk the they, situation. They, they, you, they put a team around him. Do you pay him thirty three million dollars a year to come back though? No. Who? who? Lowry, that, 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 that was his salary. No, no, not now. Not now. Not at age 34. No, hell no. Hell no. No, <laughs> he, he, he should get maybe like another two-year deal for like, for like um, I'll say like 44 mil. So by 22 a year. Um, I, think that's, I think that's feasible for a guy that what he's done in his career. Wait, so, his, his last contract was three years, $100 million. Yeah, so I give him two years, 44 mil. That's 22 million uh, a season. And we just leave it at that. No, but no. Freeze up some money for, for Giannis when he gets right. For, he gets exactly. There. So, and then, I don't know what their cap situation looks like, but I think that their front office is real smart, and I think that they could figure it out. Depends like, on the conversion could, rate. You, you put a couple one year like veteran minimum minimum guys in there around them too, like some gems that you can go find in the off season that we don't even know is like are on contract years yet, and then. Right. A James sky's Posey and Eddie yeah, House. Sky's, sky's the limit. You know, Celtics are the best at that. Like, well, a guy will come out of the nowhere, you'll be like, oh, he's still in the NBA? Oh, he plays for the Celtics now? Okay, great. Sam Cassell. <laughs> Sam Cassell. PJ, right, PJ exactly. Brown. Yeah. Downtown PJ Brown. All those all right. guys. And oh, like, like a, who wins the Celtics Heat Series? Celtics. Celtics in six. Five. I like six. I say six. Celtics in seven. Can I give one take on that? I don't think this year is a failure if they lose to the Heat in a 
gut wrenching seven game series. I don't. I don't. I don't, no, no, I, I don't think is. so. It's no, a no, 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 because 100%. because I, I just think that that listen coming into this. I didn't think the Celtics were going to have a chance right now, this good of a chance to go to the finals. I did not see that coming. So to me, I thought they were already one piece away. So if if they lose and they show heart and they do what they can do and they happen to lose in seven to, to a very good Heat team, as Mike put it, I don't think that's a failure. I think that that shows that they have it. I think they have that championship quality. And and I don't think that would be a fit. Bobby, how Next can you on have a TNT. How but, can you have a championship quality when you haven't won a freaking championship? championship like, that doesn't right. make any yes. sense. Right, right. In order for them to have all the perseverance and championship qualities that you said they do, they have to get to a championship. Did Oklahoma City that's have championship it. qualities? But so so no. if they lose in the championship, then that's okay. What? So if they lose yeah. in the championship, so if they show that they're getting incrementally get better, like would you just not, would you rather not go to this like uh, to the to the NBA finals rather than you lose? You can't let the. I think what you guys are trying to say is you can't let the DNA of this particular squad continue to be go to Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, go home. Go to Eastern, you know, it's yeah. we have to win one of these games. We have to show the world that we can do it. And I do think that they're going to be able to. I hope it doesn't even go to seven. But if we just smash the Heat, great. But like, Wait, quick, if quick, it does, good question, Mike. Who who is um who is Duncan Robinson in Tyler Harrow Garden? <laughs> Listen, I, I don't want. I, I, I know. I, I want to know. I don't really know why. No, here's 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 the truth. I don't know why I think the Heat are tough for us. I just have a, I, just like a gut feeling that tells me they're gonna play us gritty and tough, and they're and they're gonna push us to seven. Now I, I think we can beat them. I, I would have much rather played Milwaukee, hands down. Giannis doesn't scare me because if you just let he also him, wasn't healthy. But yeah, but yeah, but. It, if you just let him beat you, he can't do it alone. Well, they would have had to just focus no, on Jimmy everybody Butler else. No, Jimmy enough. Butler's not alone. You just you just mentioned but, but, but two guys, and who are they? No, like, I would no no. I, w- I was saying defensively, who's like who are they guarding? Because now those guys can shoot, but you still got to defend. It's it's, it's two ways. It's, it's a, you got to be a two way player. So Ducker Robinson can't hold Jalen Brown. Can we just and, agree and that like, can guard? Can we just agree that like he can't guard him? No so way. So we're going to be in trouble if Kemba has another five point game. Well, we're going to be in real trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely. But Goran Dragic can't guard him so. either. Can't guard him. He did. Listen, I, I, I'm putting this on. I'm, you can say this right now, and we. There is no way Kemba Walker will have a five point game this series. No way. He's gonna. Uh, he's I'm gonna like, crush those guards. He's so he's fast. He's no so much faster way. than those guys. No way. No way. He has a five point game. I mean, no I hope way. you're. I, I hope you're right. I really do. No way. I think this is gonna be the Kemba series. Personally, like he matchup wise, like it has to be Dave. It has to be because. One, because he owes us, and I've been saying it like I'm, 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 pissed. I'm pissed. Yeah, I've you been have. saying it. He Kemba right. Walker owes us. Okay, so you know we can't yeah. say, oh, you know, cardiac Kemba. That, that's great. This is not 2011. <laughs> this, this is yeah, not, but I, I think I think that goes. I think that goes back to to the fact that, and and this is the last thing we're going to say on the NBA because we are going to move on. But I, I think that that goes back to the team that Brad has assembled, where Kemba doesn't <laughs> need to be that. Guy, he's Kemba's not that guy just because he's making that guy money. He doesn't need to be that guy because you have Brown, you have Tatum, you have Smart. So, what you, I think you're in trouble if Kemba has a five point game against this team, but he can you can afford for Kemba to slip in the game and still win the series. I, I, I don't can, know, I don't know, I don't know if that's true, man, because like the thing that started to really hurt us in the Toronto series is that. 
you give up the bad with the good with Kemba. Kemba's undersized and like defensively we're a solid team, but if you're going to go at anybody on the, on the floor, as we saw in the Toronto series, it's going to be Kemba Walker. Mm -hmm. You give that up because he produces on the offensive end. He's got an incredible pull-up jump shot, which is like really, really hard to defend. He's got, uh, uh, big bucket potential. Like he scores at the right time when he's like playing his best. And he just wasn't doing that against, against Toronto. Like I agree with Ray. I think he needs to lock in in this next series. Cause he didn't perform up to, up to par in that last one. I'm just happy that Dave and Ray are able to agree on something. <laughs> the best after that last segment. <laughs> so uh, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to host the F out of this one and we're going to switch gears, even though we're all fired up about the NBA <laughs> And we're going to get excited for the next point. But uh, while we switch to hour two, don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, follow us, comment, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, um, Google. That's the one I listen to my podcast on. You think I would know that one. Mm -hmm. uh, so make sure you subscribe to the channel and um, listen to our predictions uh, from last week, the AFC and NFC NFL record predictions, which um, have already turned pretty interesting in week one, I think. Uh, today we had actual football. They, they did it for real after the Chiefs and Texans did it on Thursday night, which guys, that was one of, and I think it's partly because we've all been locked in our houses for six months for the most part. That was one of the best Thursday night football games I've ever watched. The game overall was a blast. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. And that team is wild. And the score was a lot further apart than it ended. I think the Texans are a good team, but I don't think they were ready. And I think that's where preseason comes into this. And, and that'll show when we get into these other games, but then we come into Sunday. And as uh, Bobby said, he, the first thing he woke up and said to his significant other this morning was what Bobby? It's football ball season. It's football season. And it certainly was. And we'll start with the new England Patriots. Cause guys, we have a quarterback in New England after losing a quarterback in New England. Not that we didn't think we would. We thought Jarrett Stidham, who was actually inactive today, not on the 46-man uh, active roster, which I think was okay. I don't, I don't think that that was necessary, necessarily a sign or a bad thing. But Cam Newton had an absolute day today. And, I mean, he only threw for 155 yards, didn't have a touchdown. But he ran for 75 and had two touchdowns on 15 attempts. So for the four of us who – and everybody can comment on this, but the four of us who are Patriots fans, the Patriots win 21-11 to 11 to the Dolphins. It didn't feel like it was ever out of hand. I, from the start, I thought this was going to be handled well. And they won. They're 1-0 with Cam Newton under center. What let me just think? let me just take you Patriots fans real quick back a few weeks when we uh, started this fun journey – of doing the two-hour live show, and you guys were all desperately, desperately talking yourselves into Jared Stidham having a great season for the New England Patriots. I remember Just, that. I have never seen. I haven't seen people lie to themselves that hard <laughs> in in a long, long. Are you time. talking but, hey, about before Cam was signed or after? Before Cam was signed, very first, very, very first show. Well, I thought he was. I still think he was going to be good. I thought he was going to have a good season, but the, those I circumstances just want, I want you to. I want you to. I want you to. Just realize now that like the only chance you guys have had would have had to do anything is signing a guy like Cam Newton. Jared Stidham was not going to take you anywhere. It's and a it's, good it thing. Was that, 
it's a good thing that Bill Belichick is the head coach and general manager of the New England Patriots and that he signed. I should Cam have Newton. faith. But it, no, you're right. We, I mean, have faith that he's going to sign a guy or have faith in the guy that he drafted and was there. He, it was said multiple times that Stidham was not ready. And that came out of Patriots camp that he was not. He wasn't going to try and win with him. He was never going to try and win with him. I agree with so, that. So, you know, it's it's just that's like it, I know it wasn't as obvious at the time, but when my my overall point is looking back, it seems more obvious now, doesn't it, that he was never really going to try and win with Jared Stidham. I mean, I think Cam we have, Newton. We have to do whatever we have to do to get us, ourselves fired up for the season. I mean, <laughs> you, you do it every year. You you said it in, in the pre-show. It's true. With like this is what it's you, true. What it's going to be like. That's right? what I'm going to try. That's what I'm trying to get yeah, you guys I, to see. We all lie to ourselves but, as sports but fans. I also think like the the narrative that that the Patriots were like so smart to go get him. Like he was there for a million dollars like they, if they didn't really really want him at the beginning i mean i think there were it, conversations the whole time I, I think that was i think i think there was talks but i will I think, say like he was efficient like and like he he was very efficient 15 of 19 for 155 15 carries 75 yards and two touchdowns if you can do that and you can hold the, the opposing team to less than you know 14 points this is a dangerous team. Yeah. So this goes back to what what we we said about the difference between Cam Newton now and Tom Brady right now, right? The 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 predecessor and the successor is that Tom Brady was was out on his own. He wanted to call his plays, he wanted his offense, and he knew that he could afford to not take plays off. And I don't want people to think that that's where I'm going. He could afford to to get to the point where he was making decisions on the field that would put him in positions where he could call the plays and run his offense, where Cam is at the point where he's like, man, I'm 31. I just got ousted in a team from a team like they completely overhauled my last team with the exception of Christian McCaffrey, which he had a day. And I, I need somewhere to play. And he came into this kind of system, and he was always a Ron Rivera guy, right? Like, people have this misconceived notion of Cam Newton. And since the day he signed, and I said it to you guys, I've said it to everybody, I loved this signing because he is a coachable player. He is a team guy. And he's going to do the job that is asked of him. And, Mike, you speak of efficiency. But one thing that should, should like, kind of uh... – not scare you, but it's a, it's a little alarming, right? Like in the, in the first half, you know, when they wanted to run that uh, that run pass option, they did a, they did a really good job until the Dolphins stacked eleven on the line, and Cam didn't check out check out of it. So like he needs to make those adjustments moving forward. Any, I think it's I think it's, there's no preseason game, games this year. Like that's just a, an adjustment that he, he will make. But I was saying like if I mean they're just, they're putting everyone on the line and he's still going to just run it straight up the middle. Um, but then the second half they u- they utilize play action more and the the standard play action play he's he's phenomenal at yeah, he like is. you just don't know what he's going to do and, yeah. and his arm his arm strength is great and his legs I mean every, everything that we that 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 we thought would be the best case scenario came to fruition today with Cam Newton. I feel like a lot of that has to come. It will come with familiarity with the offense, checking out of plays, knowing exactly where to go, things like that. He wasn't a big audible and check down guy in Carolina anyway. Like that wasn't his style. He, he went with what was told of him. And that's where Brady was so good, where Brady would have an offense 
an offensive plan given to him by McDaniels. And then throughout the game, he would know, he would study, he would understand the defense and be able to check to what he believed would work better. And Mike, I agree with you. I I think that there was points today where Cam had trouble with that. No preseason isn't going to help that. And I think that Cam has to be more familiar with the system and the defenses because Cam – Cam's a different quarterback. I mean, Brady has to understand the offense to succeed because he's going to get killed where Cam doesn't necessarily, uh, yeah, understand the defense where Cam doesn't necessarily have to understand the opposing defense because he can make the plays with his feet if, and when he needs to, he's really with the run pass option. He's really only reading two or three players a play, right? Yes. So when, when you get into a passing style offense, which he, he will have to do eventually, um, you said he threw 19 times, they completed 15 of them, uh, should have completed 17. Uh, thanks, Julian Edelman. Yeah. Uh, but he, he got to a point where he really understood that second half was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, the whole game was fun to watch, but and, um, and like he should have had more passing yards and maybe even a touchdown, you know, because of Nikhil Harry, but I, I'd be really interested to hear like your, your, your take on this uh, ration, because like when I was coming into this, uh, th- this game, I'm like, okay, I think a reasonable expectation is the first two games cam just can't lose you one, right? He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily need to be like the, the person that, that, that blows you and, and wins the game for you. But I think it, after only being here for five weeks, I think, you know, the first two weeks is just, just be comfortable in the offense and don't make too many mistakes. He far exceeded my expectations today because of how efficient he was. Yeah. I mean, same, same here. You know, I would, like I said, I was excited to see how well he played and I just kept thinking to myself, well, if he's going to keep doing this or play close to this, they could easily win 10, 11, maybe even 12 games at, at the most. Right. Um, if the defense is going to play the way they play too, you know, I, I was really nervous about the defense. I'm like, man, you, you know, we lost Chung, we lost Hightower. Uh, I forget some other guys that didn't opt it out, but the defense was great. And it seems like we're going to have a top 10 rushing attack this year. And which is not something that we've always had in New England, maybe if ever, <laughs> um, under, under the last regime. So I just think, well, maybe outside of 2004, but, uh, Corey, um, I- so hopefully that's the case where we have a more balanced attack. And like I said, like you said, Mike, the play action looked phenomenal today. And I think what happens, I, I, I know we said he has to check out of that play where they have 10 in the box, but I think what happens with Cam and it happens because he's such a phenomenal athlete is just, he just thinks like, okay, it doesn't matter what defense is. Right. There. I can make the play. I'm, I'm, I can make the play. So, and Patriot fans that listen to this, this is not a knock on Brady. This is not a knock because I said we all love we all love Brady. Yeah. It was plays that happened today that Brady would not have done. Yeah, absolutely right. agreed. One hundred percent. The also, amount of times, obviously, the main one being the eleven the eleven yard touchdown on a bootleg. Brady might have got a yard or two, maybe before getting cracked. Like he sold he sold the fake, runs out you know, runs over the defender and scores. So it's like, there's going to be plays we see this year that we've never been accustomed to seeing under in the last 20 years. And as a Patriot fan, I'm excited. And as fellow Patriot fans that listen to this, you should be excited too. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I took away from this is how much the Patriots have catered that offense to Cam Newton and how much Josh McDaniels, you can tell is, is enjoying having a mobile quarterback at quarterback uh, because you're exactly right, Rayshon. With the lack of playmakers on this offense, with with the lack of 
uh, names, wide receivers, running backs, all these things. Cam Newton is their best chance at, at having a successful season. And I think Josh McDaniels is the perfect coordinator for him. Uh, I think you're going to see a big rushing season out of the New England Patriots this year. I think it's going to be on the same level as those top five. I know this is a week one overreaction, and you know, surprise, surprise. But I think they're going to have a top five rushing attack in the league. I really do. I think I think Cam Newton's going to be awesome this year. And I, I just, it's just, it's just that, like you know, you just said it. This is a week one overreaction. Like, I love decent, week one it overreaction. It was a decent game. I love week one overreactions. Okay, <laughs> well, it's a decent game. I live off of. I, th- I think the one thing that you can take away that everyone can be surprised at. I mean, is the defensive performance. Yeah. I, nobody expected that, especially with Chung Hightower opting out. I mean, they were missing a lot. I mean, that that linebacking core. I don't know any of those those guys' first names offhand, right? What of inches, Chase? I mean, I mean, I mean. With that said, it was against the Ryan Fitzpatrick led Dolphins yeah. with the I number mean, one wide receiver, the same Preston Williams. Hold on, this is the same team that came in here. Hang on a second, Devontae Parker. Yeah, he's like the slot. This is the same team that came into New England Week 17 and beat us with Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback. And as a matter of fact, they actually, I mean, even though it didn't show it, but the team actually did get a little bit better on defense because of who they brought in there. So let, let's not make it seem like, oh. I don't know if, that, I don't know if it's a good argument I, to say, like, but they've also beat us before. That doesn't no, no, I'm saying, I'm going to kind of go along the same, the same. Here, like, because usually they don't, they, usually they don't beat that's us. That's more of a damning indictment on the Patriots both times. That's not a good team in, in Miami. Yeah, but I think what Ray's trying to say is they came in here last year and beat us with all the all the core defensive people that were there when everyone else was like, right. exactly. There's no question that there's no question that Cam added some dynamism to it. An offense that was crying out to be dynamic. The way that yeah. Josh McDaniels calls plays, he he's wanted a guy like this for you know Forever. as long as you can remember. And and you saw in the playoffs last year, they were just so desperate to find something to do yeah. like offensively. It was it just there was some clever plays and stuff, but it was like, ugh, like they're really searching here. And like yeah, Cam Newton adds some dynamism. I agree, but again, we just like. Let's just like take a breath. Like you beat the but Dolphins hot, in the first hot, week hot of the take, NFL. Take DK, we beat Tennessee with Cam Newton last year. I agree. Beat Tennessee. Yeah, oh, yeah. You're no, in a different position true. with Cam Newton. That's I probably think. true. But you still get waxed by the Chiefs. And by the way, the the, uh, the thing that happens on Thursday is we realize there's no narrative to the NFL this year because the Chiefs can still <laughs> still score at will. You know what I mean? So it's just like right, I don't exactly. know. I think I don't think that Houston team's bad either. I just think no. their, their defense is made to look bad because they. Kansas City Chiefs can score whenever they want. So I think what points to McDaniels having the desire to have an athletic quarterback is how many damn times he tried to throw the ball to Tom Brady in his career. And I call it this year, there will be a one. There was almost one today. At least one deep bomb to Cam Newton this year. It's happening. He's catching a ball, and he's taking it for a touchdown. <laughs> there McDaniels was almost one today. dying for that. It, it, was, it was actually almost a throwback. He tossed to James White yeah, to, James to the White, right yeah. side, exactly. and, and, and White got caught up. And I, went, he want, I, I said it out loud. I said he wants to throw that back, and he didn't have the opportunity to. And I think he still turned it into a two-yard gain, uh, even though he was, he was pretty much beat up in the backfield. I, Bobby, I, I, I disagree with your take on – McDaniels, not not that he, uh, sorry, not with McDaniels, but the offense, the offense doesn't have the playmakers. I think, and again, as Rayshon said, this is not a knock on Tom Brady. I think he was waiting for this because they built that offense to be dynamic. They built that offense with guys 
that can make those plays. I mean, James White can make the plays that he's going to make this season. He's always been able to do that. Julian Edelman, besides dropping that pass in the first drive, is going to make the plays, even in his mid-30s, that Josh McDaniels wants him to. He's going to be able to make different plays at wide receiver that he's never made in his career. And Tom Brady really made him the the wide receiver he was. I just think that this team was already built that way. And Cam Newton is a good – I don't want to say that he's a a good addition to an already dynamic offense. I think he allows this offense to reach its dynamic potential. And it is only week one, Dave, and you're right. Like, we don't want to say, well, it's week one, they beat the Dolphins. I think that the reaction to this game is more valid. This is Here's your hot take. This reaction to this game is more valid if they have a four-game preseason. Because if they had a four-game preseason and Cam Newton was able to get on that offense, Brian Hoyer was able to get in on that offense in a few games, Jarrett Stidham, whoever else, guys that were, uh, whether they opted out or not, offensively, defensively, if they have four games, that's that final score is is 35 to 14 like that they they run all over Miami that game's done that field today in Foxborough felt like Bill Belichick had a handle on everything he was doing and that was preseason game number one preseason game number four all wrapped into one and and that's what it meant to him and he and he I mean won it I also think at the end of the day anyone can just look at that team and say it doesn't matter if you play 16 preseason games it's still the Dolphins and until they come up and actually win that division or make the playoffs again and make a run they're just they're just the Dolphins but that that, your division was interesting to watch today because if if that if the games had been switched over and you guys had to play the Bills today I I would be curious to see how that game would have gone because I think if you're if I'm a New England Patriots fan which I'm very much not but if I am I'm worried divisionally after a performance like this i you can overreact the other way but like the bills look set up to beat the patriots all of a sudden you know what i mean like if you want to talk about a dynamic offense like josh allen was in there like absolutely doing his thing today he could be a td machine this season yeah, but, uh oh, i just gotta hold that's, on that's, that's, that's weird because me and craig definitely said that on the afc show oh they picked the buffalo bills oh, to win the afc bills so wait which is, i conceded to and if you so six of those snsw podcasts i had already drafted him before that though so obviously the origin the origin of the take is mine he was already do it here they were like they were like oh dave drafted oh dave drafted alan we should look into that guy yeah, Dave's, Dave's got some good takes. Let's look in. Let's look, look in Allen. He might be a TD machine. No, you guys so, did totally say that, and it, it 100% turned out to be true today. You look great. So yeah, final it, point it, on this Patriots game, uh, I agree that if it was switched and we played Buffalo, uh, that it would have been a little more of a dogfight and it wouldn't have felt as comfortable as it did. Uh, maybe that is a reason why Craig and Rayshon uh, picked the Bills to win the East, which I conceded to but don't necessarily believe. But it, it's definitely going to be interesting against the bills and if you haven't listened to episode five or six of the snsw podcast uh, wherever you can find your podcast apple google and uh spotify i always forget one for some reason i can't stitcher. remember three uh you can go to stitcher too that's the fourth one uh anywhere you get your podcast to listen to episode five and six but after you listen to to end of uh, episode seven which we're doing now live on facebook and for your listening pleasure uh, afterwards so we move on from the patriots game into a very very interesting nfl here today guys it, this was so much fun this was so much fun to watch i it's almost like the the no preseason made things more interesting today before we get to all the other games 
I just want to talk about uh, Dave's Chicago Bears. Uh, Mitch Trubisky actually looked like a quarterback today. Dude was For on one fire. quarter, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, two forty-two totally. and three touchdowns. Yeah, I think what I liked about them today um, is that they had a chance to give up. They like, totally had a chance to quit when they went down like the third score. And Khalil Mack stepped up and started to actually be a vocal leader, which is uh, you know it's not so, he's a great leader as far you know there's two kinds of leaders right the guys who show and the guys who shout and i think that khalil mack always did did stuff with his game um that spoke to the defense but i think today he got him fired back up after that last score and he came out and uh the defense came out and they made the biggest play of the game really i mean if that turnover doesn't happen and we don't have we don't give mitch all that time all like with timeouts on the clock to go and do what he does like that's huge. But then to see, like you guys were talking about preseason, right? Like that it, it was exactly how I was thinking about Trubisky. It's like he, the things that are going wrong is that he's a couple feet left, couple feet right with some throws. He's got some, he's got definitely got some play calling issues, but like those were always his issues. So you're like, is this because it's early? We didn't really have a preseason or is Mitch just the same old Mitch, but he made, he dropped some dimes today, man, you know, and he's got a, like I said on, on the, on the Thursday show, like he's got a good receiving core. Like he's got guys that can catch the ball and they were dropping, dropping his passes in the first half too. So yes, there's a reason why he's starting. It's not a pride thing. He obviously won the QB battle. Foles is helping him out. And you know, he just, he came with a lot of, a lot of grit today in that first fourth quarter. So, and you know, I, I know the Lions are your team, Mike, but damn, do they like to blow a lead? How does Swift not catch that ball? I mean, he, with, with rookie mistake, seconds, rookie. Yeah, with, he didn't look it in. He was watching seconds. the end zone before he pulled it in. Yeah, he he was he was he was planning his game-winning celebration before just, he caught the ball. Just just know, like, had he caught that ball, I know he didn't. And you're you're gonna say that, like, this conversation would be very different about uh, the Bears. I wouldn't. Was, I wouldn't be on the show today. <laughs> well, I don't know if it would be too different because I mean, Mitch Trubisky throws the, those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're down twenty-three to six going into the fourth quarter. Well, and Trubisky comes in and throws three touchdowns before that play. So there, there's still. There's still a conversation there, but it, it may not be as happy, and Dave may not be on the show because he is a rookie. You're right, though. You're right, though. Like he made, like Mitch Trubisky still came in and made the plays. The worst thing that could have happened to the Bears today was that that was the narrative, and that's what it was looking like because he was he was throwing these like he just he wasn't confident in his passes today, and that's like that's the thing. And like once he became confident in his passes, he looked like a legit threat, like a dy- dynamic threat. He's also elusive as hell too. Like there's things I've always liked about him as a quarterback, but then. He didn't throw any interceptions. Like, that's the thing. Like, he was efficient. Yeah. He didn't throw any interceptions. Like, he, he didn't put it any cra- – because, like, Stafford had that third quarter when he came in. He just was like – you know, the commentators were like, oh, this is what an NFL QB looks like, Matthew Stafford. I'm like, it's still Matthew Stafford. He's going to yeah. stop being able to do this in, like, eight minutes. But then, like, you know, Mitch came through. He came through. What are you going to do? I, I'd rather Mitch get good than Nick Foles come in and do good because Mitch is, like, young, and he's, like, could be the franchise guy. You know what I mean? So, it's like – Sky's the limit. Well, I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to Mitch is that confidence. When when he gets going, he's he he looks good, but when he's bad, he couldn't be worse. And that's what DK I was best to do during that first half. It's of, like, like Tony like, Allen. You remember Tony Allen? Right. I'll, trick or treat. Trick or, <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. And yeah. and I thought I honestly thought their best chance was pulling Trubisky and putting Foles in. I didn't think they had a chance with Trubisky to come back just because of the type of quarterback he is. But man, did he prove me wrong? That 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 fourth quarter was something else. Uh, touchdown to Graham, touchdown to Miller. 
It's awesome. That throw to Anthony Miller was insane. That pitch and catch was ridiculous. So that that's going to actually, unfortunately, do it for our Chicago Bears talk today. <laughs> that, was um, a lot, that was a lot of time can, can, Wait, can I just point out here that the Detroit Lions are absolutely the worst – Coach football team in the no. NFL. Whereas, no, we're on the same team. They have so much talent. There's two different reasons why. A, they blew that lead. Second, there is no other team in the league that I would ever picture seeing their star linebacker headbutt a referee. Besides so the Detroit Lions. Besides, that's the only team that would happen to. That is it. <laughs> you knew they were going to blow it. You knew they were going to blow it right then. What was that? What what was the psychology behind that? I was trying to show him what Montgomery did. But that's the thing is like, what did you? You don't what need to show it that way. See that yeah. outcome being, what did he really think the ref was going to be like? Oh, you know what? You're now right. that you just put your helmet into my gut, I totally understand what you were talking about. Like, was it, 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 was, it wasn't a great look. It and was, I understand honestly, that official. was That was when I knew we had a chance. I was like, whoa. They really started to shoot themselves in the foot right here. That's like, we might actually – I didn't want to say anything, but – I've never I, seen that before. I've I said never seen you. that in an NFL game. I said it to you guys before the show, and, and Bobby responded where, you know, I said there's one of two things that happened here. He was either trying to show the official what the offensive lineman did to him, or he was upset about something and realized how upset he was and stopped himself. And I don't think Jamie Collins is that kind of guy because we've seen him in so many places and in New England for so long. But that that was just a, a bad life decision during that game. And the funny part about it is I think it was Montgomery hit him with his helmet. Montgomery's like the shortest guy on the field. And I think that he lowered his helmet and like he hit hit like he hit him running through. Right. And he was and then they called a, a penalty, I think, right? And he was like, oh no, like Montgomery lowered his helmet so but he's like short. So then this happened. And then he was trying to show it to him, but it's like first you let the smallest dude on the field hit you. <laughs> and like then you then you get kicked out of the game. It's more Matt in Patricia, baseball than it is football. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that's one hundred percent true. Matt Patricia is a bad coach. Bobby's right. If that was Bill Belichick, if that guy was the best player on the defense of the Patriots, he would never see the field again. Yeah, <laughs> even, if never, ejected, even if he wasn't ejected, even if he wasn't ejected, he would never see the, the field again the rest of the day. Matt Dave, Patricia's oh, going to play him again that, next that, week. That's our so. just, that's our division winners. Like you can't do this. So you have you have to back <laughs> listen. <laughs> no, no, listen. All, all ours. They win that game today if their head coach isn't Matt Patricia. Agreed. So on to the rest of the league. We're, I, I, we're, just, I just want to pause here. I think Steve Mariucci blows that game too, just to just to put that in perspective. Okay. Steve Mariucci also, got the raw end of the deal in Detroit because Matt Millen was his general manager, and Matt Millen is one of the worst general managers that ever generally managed in the NFL. Also, Jason Garrett also loses that game because he just collapsed <laughs> and they're down 20. I disagree. Like, great job, guys. Great job. Good job. I disagree. I, I, think, I think Jason Garrett pulls that off. <laughs> You didn't watch. He didn't watch Jason Garrett coach. <laughs> I didn't watch him enough. Let's put it that Can way. we talk about Tampa Bay now? Um, do we want to the one o'clock, or do we want to go to the Tampa game? Let's go to the Tampa game. So in Tampa Bay right now, the the New Orleans Saints lead the Tampa Bay Buccaneers thirty four to seventeen. Tom Brady has two interceptions. So Tom Brady is eighteen of thirty one for one eighty seven. A touchdown and two interceptions. Well, he he just he just threw, I, I don't know what happened, but my stat said he's twenty one of thirty four for two twenty eight. One yep. one one passing touchdown, two picks, and one rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's so like just just think about the fact that that's that's not like a Tom Brady stat line that we're used to saying, right? Because now he just feels compelled to go down there because he has all these weapons and just throw. 
and I don't think he's going to throw it for 30 interceptions this year, but it's going to be like 15. I, I still, I, I almost I, think he has too many weapons, Mike. And, and I'm sure. going to, I'm going to tell you why. So uh, Miller has five receptions for 73 yards. Godwin, five receptions, 70 yards. OJ Howard has four for 36 and a touchdown. Ronald Jones, two for 16. Fournette, one for 14. Gronkowski, two for 11. Um, Watson, one for six. McCoy, one for two. And Cameron Braid's been targeted once. Mike Evans has been targeted three times, who we thought was going to be out this week. So when you look at a Patriots stat line, or when a, a Tom Brady stat line when he was in New England, there's what, maybe four guys, five guys listed there, which was what it was today with Cam Newton. So nothing's changed in New England. Too many weapons, too many options, too many mistakes. To be and he just threw a touchdown pass to Mike Evans. Yeah, well, well I mean, this isn't, a week, this isn't a week that you guys can really react to what's going on with Tom Brady, though, like more than any other game in week one. Because, like I said on the NFC prediction podcast, like he's coming up against the, the team whose division it's been for the past, I don't know how long, like 10 years, like longer, like. Drew Brees is is the man in that division. You know what I mean? Like they were always going to come out and do this to the Bucks. The Bucks aren't as uh, uh, haven't been a unit for as long. Like we, we we went through all this stuff on the on the prediction show because I actually still do maintain that the Bucks are going to have a better record than the Saints by one game, one or two games. But I think that they're going to have two losses that are both from the Saints because I think the Saints and Drew Brees have that cohesion, that core. That's how Tom Brady is a quarterback. You know what I mean? Sure. He needs to he needs to have connection play like play style connection with his players and, and what he was doing today was working out his targets. Like, like we all, what we've talked about for this entire podcast is like preseason, preseason, preseason. The reason why it's not too many weapons, he's going to pick the four or five guys that he wants to throw to more often. Yep. The difference in new England is that bill already told cam what the four or five guys he was going to throw to were going to be. Right. So that's, that's, I think that the switch and the difference. And I think that Brady right now is like not really sweating this game. Like I think he, he can manage himself through a season and I think he's just going like, I just need to find out who's going to make plays for me. Like who's going to actually catch the ball, who I like, you know, he needs to give himself a little bit of a mini preseason, but once you see them next week, the week after it's going to be a different story. So it comes back to that, right? We got to be consistent because if we're going to be consistent with New England and Cam, we got to be consistent with Tom, and we can't just be all oh, 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 Tom's in Tampa, like not going to win anything. We got to be consistent. So, in the, for the sake of consistency and and reality, and and Dave kind of brought us back down to earth there. It is kind of tough to judge anybody uh, except for, as Mike said, maybe the um, the Chiefs and looking at the Ravens stat line today, the Ravens as well. But looking at the Bucks, you're absolutely right. Mini preseason, Tom's feeling it out. And it, it is just week one against the, one of the toughest opponents they're going to face. So uh, you do have to kind of give it back to them. And granted, they're, they're now well, down 11 uh, well, with 241 left. Of the two teams that you just mentioned, like the, the Chiefs and the Ravens, like one of those is a paper champion. The other one's an actual champion. I think that <laughs> – uh, Kansas City, I mean, they're, they, this is their league now for – I don't know how long, but it, it, this is – they could, they had the potential of winning, you know, three out of the next four. And then I guess Craig thinks that Mahomes is going to be out of, the, out of the league. But then, I mean, I don't think Mahomes is going to go anywhere. But I, I do think that there's going to be a lot of time to figure it out. Breeze has had all the same weapons for a long time, so, like, you can't really judge the game. I will say, though, 
Brady. And the same coach. He looks and the same coach for a long time. He actually looks pretty good though. Twenty three of thirty six or two forty and two touchdowns and two picks. That's pretty good for your yeah. for your first day. And a rushing I, touchdown, which I still stand by the fact that he knew that Cam Newton rushed one in New England and wanted to prove a point. I do Plus, think this is this is a team that like has never been on a Tom Brady team that's competitive before. Like right. these are all guys that have never seen this today. Have you seen the the like the slow mo shots of Brady just absolutely yelling at everybody all day yeah. today? Like it, this is like the this is the vetting this is the green beret camp game you know what i yeah, mean who, like, who do beret. i like and who do i not like who's going yeah, out exactly. on an island and who am i gonna because he wants to with? that's his thing like he wants to look him in the eye and see if they're like mad that he, they're getting yelled at or if they just want to win you know what i mean like that's i'm not even like a huge tom brady fan but he is the greatest of all time so like that's come on guys it's okay don't worry i know he left but like <laughs> he's still the same dude no you're yeah. right he is he is the same dude and that's why in the in in the 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 game of consistency we have to give him and that's why maybe that's why Gronk hasn't had a lot you know Gronk's trying to find his feet so it is week one in a preseasonless season and and that's why the games have gone the way they did whether it was in New England or in New Orleans but I do I do think that continuity thing is something that we can't overlook when it comes to that no preseason I think that's going to be a big factor at the beginning of the season there um, are just some I, teams that are bad though which is very true but normally you see week one of the NFL season and you see offenses struggling and you see very low scoring games the one trend I noticed from that first uh, from the first set of games is that the teams that have been together for a long time and the teams that didn't have to learn a new offense coming into the season were the ones that were successful. You look at the Chiefs, they put up over 30 points. The Seahawks put up over 30 points. The Saints put up over 30 points. The Raiders put up over 30 points. The one consistency with every single one of those teams is the fact that they didn't have to learn really anything coming into this season. They had to just get all back on the same page again, which which you can do when it's just teams not having that competition of the preseason, I think is going to be a struggle uh, for a lot of teams. The saints are breaking out the gadget plays, by the way, Taysom Hill uh, just threw a 38 yard pass to Alvin Kamara. So I love Taysom Hill. I, I do too. The, the first play of the game, the first offensive play of the game was a, a little swing pass out to him on the right side. Do you know, uh, he has from, tight end. He has tight end eligibility in fantasy football. Does he? That, that's how awesome perfect. he is. That's yeah, exactly that's how awesome he is. So you mentioned some of the teams that have been together. Uh, we'll just run through some of these scores here because it, it was kind of a it – it was really just a fun week in the NFL. Uh, and we'll get to the Sunday and Monday night games at the end here because those are three very intriguing games as well. Uh, from the other games today, the Seahawks, as Bobby mentioned, put up 38 points over the Falcons, 38 to 25. Oh, funny though. Funny though. Who's the passing leader for today? Bobby, do you know who the passing leader is for today? Right now, as it stands, Matty Ice. And you, you were, you were on his case pretty hard. <laughs> now, while he was case the passing hard yard leader with yeah. that 450 yards and two touchdowns and an interception, Russell Wilson was more efficient with 320. I also said Russell touchdowns. Wilson was going to be good, so I'm good. I'm. Uh, well, yeah, but you don't have to cover that because we all but know Russell wait, Wilson's. Wait, wait, wait. I think that that just kind of goes further into that point though that Matty Ice has over leading passer over 300 yards amazing guess what don't mean anything he's still lost and yeah, that's but he went and did his job no, and no, that's not Matty Ice. Ice. He, went, he went and did his job where are his guys at I mean I'll also point out that you did say that the Seahawks were overrated and weren't gonna be I, mean, anything I did say that I did say that, that. 
I, I, yeah, which, which, that, which is wrong because the Seahawks are a very good team, and they, and, they, and, they, and they beat up Metcalf had a touchdown. DK Metcalf had, had four receptions, ninety-five yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Julio Jones Second resurrected. Nine receptions for 157, looking like old Julio. Uh, Todd Gurley led, led rushing attack with 14 attempts, 56 yards, and a touchdown. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that Falcons team was as bad as we all thought they were going to be. And, I, again, I know it's week one, consistency, right? But I still don't think they were, they're as bad as we think they're going to be. And another team that clearly isn't going to be as bad as we think they're, they're going to be uh, would be Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think they're. I know they only won by four against a a, a Panthers team that has Christian McCaffrey. I I thought Derek Carr looked really good today. Two thirty nine and a touchdown. Uh, no. Jacobs is is phenomenal. Twenty five no. attempts, ninety three yards. They're clearly going to give him the ball a lot. I mean, I don't know if you just don't like the Raiders. I, I'm not a big fan of the Raiders. Either. I think Mark Daniels is a clown. Uh, and I two think bad teams. There's two bad teams playing each other. Yeah, you, you guys had them at, what, at like eight and eight, though. I mean, I mean, that's I, I feel like that's that's where they're going to finish. That's a respectable no, record for them. Sure, but I just I, I just don't think what in my mind. I guess it's maybe me calling out Derek Carr as hard as I did during episode six. Yeah, is that I, I don't think he played as bad today as I projected he would play. Uh, and again, week one. Um, but so a couple other games, the Packers uh, beat the Vikings today, 43 to 34. The Packers should have won this more handily. A lot of the, t- a lot of the scores that the Vikings had, they, they scored 24 points in the fourth quarter, but Aaron Rodgers and Mike, you, you mentioned it earlier that Aaron Rodgers just looked phenomenal. I, I was so wrong. I mean, I, well, as a week one, I was so wrong. I was like, well, they're, they're not going to let him throw as much. They're going to they're try to uh, manage his everything. And then he just comes out and just has. And, yeah, and, but you were yeah, right. I, I, no, 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 no. We're not calling this yet. We're not calling no. this argument yet because you also said, and I also said that the Minnesota Vikings are not that good. So like, it's, no. it's, you, it's you called, have to wait. You have to wait. wait. If they still drop 34 out. points with 24 points in the fourth quarter on a pretty good well, I don't think either of them are that good. It's I mean, also, it's a divisional situ- game. Situationally it's, correct. That's what that's what divi- I mean, I know that we're, we're on a show where we're trying to do expert picks and predictions, but we have to just yes. keep saying that no – preseason and a divisional game like I think this is the worst possible uh season to start everybody playing with like interdivisionally because it's like those games are already weird like those games already have weird kind of like uh you know I think they're doing that when they change the schedule around I think they're doing that in case something happens to the season Probably, and it's or it's like they don't have to travel as much. I don't know, like to start it off. Well, they don't have to travel as much yet. The Seahawks played in Carolina. Yeah, right. that's true. I mean, so, the divisions are real weird. <laughs> so the, that Packers game, we could probably go on about that one forever. But here, here's a fun one because neither, none of us held either one of these teams in high regard. Uh, the Eagles blow a 17 point lead, 17 point oh, first so half beautiful. lead to the Washington football team. It's so funny looking at them on. Uh, any website and seeing football team next to the name. Uh, but Washington scores 20 unanswered in the second half. Uh, well, they scored 27 unanswered, but 20 in the second half to win 27 to 17. Carson Wentz, 272 touchdowns, two interceptions. The guy I was most impressed by in this game was Dwayne Haskins Jr. I, I, I thought he, and again, week one, we can't, it's just, I, I understand the narrative there, but I was impressed with how he, managed his team and I I don't think he's a great quarterback I don't think he's gonna last very long but the way he treated his teammates today the way he picked up his defense and the way he performed offensively 
that was kind of a complete team win for, for Washington. I, and I, I was impressed. I don't know if you, if you disagree with me here, uh, Rayshon, but I, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is even a good quarterback. I, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he'll ever be like what Mark Sanchez was. I think that what happened today was the Philadelphia Eagles showed that they are still the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, Carson Wentz is talented. He can throw the ball far and throw it a lot. But they they just don't really – I mean, aside from when they beat us in the Super Bowl, I, I get it. They just don't know how to win. And that guy doesn't know how to win. I think he's okay. Like, I, I don't see him turning into, like, a perennial pro bowler. No. I don't see that. But do I think he can he be a game manager? Sure. But, I mean, we use that term so negatively, I think, at times. But, you know, game manager is not bad. Like, if he could become the guy that's, that's backing him up, which is Alex Smith, that would be fine. The like, best part – so I, I just want to go off your thought, Ray. The, the best thing for Dwayne Haskins is the fact that Ron Rivera is his head coach, and hopefully, again, he gets through what he needs to get through off the field. But that's the best thing for him because I think, I think Gruden would have screwed him up if he stayed there any longer. And, again, I, I, I think Alex Smith is the actual guy there, and they're just letting him ease back into things. And Dwayne Haskins may not be the guy there the whole time. He's okay. I agree with you, Ray. I, I don't want to echo everything you said. I think Rivera I, – I do agree Smith is the guy. I think Rivera is letting Haskins have his chance with the, this regime before they do bench him because he didn't draft him. He doesn't want him there. Um, but I, I think uh, he's, he's enough of a Cam Newton-style guy. I don't I think don't, he's the same player at, at, at any on any level. He's not the same player. But he's enough of that style of player where it's similar to what he just left in Carolina – and, and has some similarities there. But there's no way Alex Smith doesn't start for that team. That was the most beautiful part of my whole day, though, was seeing the Philadelphia Eagles blow that big of a lead to the lowly Washington. But the thing about them is, like, that's going to be their most embarrassing loss for this entire season, the Eagles, because, like... And it's going to happen team, again the next time we, they play. The Washington football team are not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the Eagles just, like Mike said, they just blew it, you know? Yep. A- another team that surprised us all today, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they're winning despite their head coach and despite their ownership. And I said that in the prediction show, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but today they beat the Indianapolis Colts. They were trailing 17, 14 at half scored uh, outscored the, the Colts 13 to three in the second half to win 27, 20 uh, Phillip rivers, tough first day. I think that that can go back to no preseason with your receivers, but I think he, he and T Y Hilton got off on the right track. I think that that game though, Naheem Hines had a good game. Uh, I think if Marlon Mack doesn't blow out his Achilles, which it looks like he could be done for the season, which is mind blowing to me uh, and really tough. Cause I really like Marlon Mack. I've, I've liked him since he came into the league, but he gets blown out today. Uh, and Naheem Hines comes in Gardner Minshew, 173, three touchdowns. Dudes, I mean, everybody loves Gardner Minshew, right? I Did love me some. see that, though? 19 of 20 for yeah. 173 yards. Efficiency. I love me some Gardner Minshew, man. That guy, that guy, he does have it. I don't know if the Jaguars do. I do think this was a great win for them. But, man, I love me some Gardner Minshew. I have since last year. First of all, best mustache in the NFL. And there's no doubt about that. Absolutely best mustache in the NFL. And you're going to lead a team with the running James Robinson starting at running back. Your top wide receiver is Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault. And you're going to beat Phillip Rivers, T.Y. Houghton, and Jonathan Taylor in the Colts. Like that, that to me 
he's just balls. He's just got, he's got it, man. Yep. He's got it. He's a, they, and I love him too. Like he's such a cold hero. I really think that this team, whatever game they win, it's going to be in spite of ownership. It's going to be like the Cleveland Indians in Major League because the players always want to win, right? But are they tanking for Trevor or are they tanking to try and get the NFL to allow them to move to London, Mexico City, wherever the heck they want to go? Is that the narrative? So for them to play this kind of game, and that team is kind of, like you said, Bobby, a bunch of misfit toys that probably don't, shouldn't succeed like they did today, but they did. So uh, two of the other one o'clock games, uh, sorry, one other, because we touched on the Bears and the Lions, but the uh, one of the other one o'clock games was the Ravens beating up the Browns 38 to six. The Browns score in the first quarter and, and that's it. Um, Lamar Jackson, 275, three touchdowns. Uh, Hollywood Brown, five receptions, 101 uh, yards. I, I don't think the Browns looked awful here today, but they looked awful, and they were playing against, as Mike would say, the paper champions. Good good win for the Ravens today. Yeah, I mean, I just think that – I think you're right, Joe. The, the Browns did not look awful. They just looked outmatched, right? I mean, when, when yeah. you have Lamar Jackson going 20 of 25 for, for 275 yards and three touchdowns, I mean, that – for a guy who has been criticized for not being able to throw, the man threw. It was and one he, of his best throwing performances in yeah, his career. Ever. Yeah, and I he reminds me of Vic, but better. Um, Lamar Jackson, to me, is if he can stay healthy, he will – He, him and Mahomes for at least the next 10 years in the AFC Championship game. Eight out of 10 years, I'll call that. Sure. Because because the way, the, way, the way these two offenses looked is they did not miss a beat. They came out exactly like they looked last year, and, and there was no difference between how electric the Chiefs looked and how electric the Ravens looked. Without a doubt. And the Ravens added J.K. Dobbins, which was just yeah. – I mean, it almost makes Mark Ingram, I don't want to say useless, but irrelevant. And, and that well, sucks because I, mean, I, I love him in fantasy. Ingram comes from a team with 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 Kamara on it. He's he's used to being the, the the alternate, like physical running back to a guy that that, that an up and comer. Like I, I just don't know, and I know Rayshon gets really mad when I call him the, the paper champions. Like I just don't know, like who do you focus on in the rushing attack? Is it Lamar? Is it Mark Ingram? Or is it J.K. Dobbins? You don't need to focus it, on anyone. It, it any one matter. of them, like that's it's just it's so dynamic, you know. Like right, exactly. the, whole, the whole thing about I don't even think like Bobby was saying earlier about like you were reminding you of Vic. I don't think that's a fair comparison. Vic couldn't throw the ball at all. Yeah, like Lamar can throw the ball, you know, and he's more athletic, I think, than Vic was, and he can like I think he's got a little bit better of a football mind. I think he's like 100 percent the real deal, and like you know, it's like who do you focus on? Like, yeah, that, that's the question the defense is going to oh, ask. Yeah, yeah. Like, who, do you, who do you focus on? Yeah. Like, damn, like they can move on us at any time. They could, they could play. They're so much faster than most defenses. They could play a college offense. They basically do play a college offense because they that like it's a more effective offense if you have the speed. It's the reason why college and the NFL look so different is because everyone's as fast as each other, right? So when you have like a, a Ravens team where they're that quick in their backfield, each back, quarterback, halfback, fullback, like they're playing old school kind of weirdly old school football because they're faster than everybody else. It's wild to watch. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to turn it into the Mike Vick podcast, but I mean we we do forget that we have not we had not seen a talent like him when he got into the league. So I'm just gonna so say I'm not gonna go into time, but I mean he he was really good. But I'll I'll leave he it. He was at, good in that one he was good in that and, one. I mean, and, like I said, and the thing is he he had he had a hell of an arm and he just wasn't accurate. But and he also at all accurate than he is. 
He, he had a great arm. I'm not going to argue that. But anyways, he, he had a great arm, but he, he just wasn't accurate. And you only had LG Crumpler as a, as a weapon. So, I mean, come on. But clearly they're on their way to another great season. And like I said, they dom- – it wasn't even like, oh, okay, they, they kind of caught fire late. They dominated from start to finish. And that's what's going to happen in most games, I feel like, with this Ravens team, as long as Lamar is healthy. Um, like I said, getting Dobbins was a steal, just like Edwards Hilaire was a steal for Kansas City. So it's just like it's amazing to me how those teams just kind of stumble upon great draft picks in that regard. So it's just, it's just the beginning. Like Baltimore's going to go on a roll. And like I said, we, we saw why today. So finishing, finishing that thought on Vic, Vic, the reason why Vic was so popular – as a player, he was very good, but he was also the first of his kind in a, in a lot of ways in that style, right? Like Mahomes can move if he wants to. Jackson can move if he wants to. Josh Allen can move if he wants to. So quarterbacks after Vic that got to the NFL became much more mobile and kind of went to that old style, like you said, Dave. Like quarterbacks back in the day could move regardless of, of a lot of times who they were. I mean, Terry Bradshaw could even roll out if he needed to. So I, I think that's what was great about Vic was we were in a, a time of Brady and Peyton Manning, and all of a sudden you get this kid from Virginia Tech that can move with his feet and throw a long ball on the run 60 yards. He didn't know where the hell it was going, but he could throw it. The final one he o'clock was fun. game. He was yeah, fun. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, argue, can't argue he was fun, but, like, I don't know, he didn't do anything. So speaking of Josh Allen, uh, the Bills win today over the Jets. Uh, the Jets stink. Adam Gase shouldn't even be allowed off the plane when they get back to Newark. I, I think this Jets team is awful. I, and and it, it's partly because I, we, I have an AFC East bias for the Patriots. I think this Jets team is terrible. And when your leading rusher is Frank Gore, who's – 90 years old. Not that he's a Frank, bad back. Frank Gore's, Frank Gore's corpse. That they, they just exactly. Like they're rolling, just out. rolling right. out onto the field. I, I, always, I like Frank Gore, right? I've always liked Frank Gore. Um, Le'Veon should be the guy there. Don't know what the heck's going on. Adam Gase is, shouldn't, even be, shouldn't even be allowed off the plane. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get a text message that he's gone. By, like, I, I, just, I hate to do this because the, we, we did this in the last podcast, right? Or I did this where it was like, who's going to be the first coach to go? And I kind of dragged you all down with me. But that's kind of the conversation we're looking at here because there's some bad head coaches in this league. Not that I could do the job any better, but there's some bad head coaches. So the Bills you could win do the today. job better than Matt Patricia. Fact. I bet you that's could. Our, that Probably. is our division winning <laughs> coach. Pick. That is your division. Yeah, that, that is your. Uh, you're on my listen. team. You're on my team. Bobby says hashtag not my coach. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank the you. Bills win 27-17 over the Jets today. Uh, Josh Allen has two passing touchdowns, two rushing t- or a rushing touchdown, and two fumbles. Uh, Stephon Diggs, eight receptions, 86 yards. Uh, we mentioned it in episode six of the uh, SNSW podcast, and we mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the Patriots team. Uh, this Bills team is for real. They're going to be fun to watch, no, and it's also going to be that. dangerous. You, you, you just literally uh, took a – you just defecated all over the Jets. You can't say that this win means that they're going to be for real. Yeah, but I, I said it. I said it in the show on on Tuesday, Thursday, and I just believe it. I'm not saying. All right, let me backtrack. Let me let me let me step out of this one. This doesn't prove it to me that they're going to be the real deal, but I still think they are, and I think this helped towards that end. I think the reason it shows there. I'm not saying beating the gestures is the real deal ever. The reason that it does is because they took care of effing business when when a bad team came to town there was never any doubt there was never anything that happened besides the bills were whooping 
their ass. That I was mean, period. I mean, period. That's that's what happened in that game. It's not even like half half true though, because the the Bills scored twenty one points in the fir- in the first half. The Jets scored fourteen in the second. Like it, it they only won by ten. It like it was not a blowout. Patriots only uh, won by ten, and it wasn't a blowout, it was, but it, it was, was more convincing. Blowout. It was. It kind of was though, because like I feel like the the Bills just rolled in, like smashed them, and then just like took their foot off the gas for like a minute. You know, that's just kind of how that game went. I or feel half. personally. Well, yeah, so but they sure, were able but it to. still worked. I mean, if they pulled it off for an entire half and the Jets couldn't do anything, when they have Sam Darnold, who's supposed to be phenom- this phenomenal up-and-coming quarterback, and they have uh-huh. one of the best running backs uh, in the league right now in Le'Veon Bell, and Frank Gore is leading the leading the team in rushing. How I, smart I do, the, do the Steelers look right now, not paying Le'Veon Bell? Very, don't pay a, don't very. Pay a running back. Like same, that, thing, all that, same thing with that AB. saga. Yeah, yeah, I mean that saga. whole that whole thing with those two guys. Yeah, well, yeah, don't pay any of those guys. But it's a but honestly, it's it's like you said, Edward Hilaire, like dropping in the draft, right? Like you can get a guy. Sure. Nobody drafts running backs anymore. Top top ten, like when we were kids. When we were kids, like all the best running backs went in the top fifteen. Now nobody drafts running backs anymore. So you can go get Edward Hilaire. What what, what pick was he? Like 28, 29? Thirty two. So it's like yeah. So and then like look at look at how smart Pittsburgh was. Like they're a well run organization. I know they're your rivals or whatever, but. Look at James Conner came in and had like a good no, they're year. they're a you very I mean? well run organization and they're one of the best in in the history of the NFL, right? But so, that hurt that hurt payment for running backs forever because if the Steelers aren't going to pay Le'Veon Bell, you know what I mean? It's like it's that's just the way that stuff works now. But you're right. How how smart do they look? So all four of the uh, oh, sorry, all three of the four o'clock games have gone final. Uh, the Chargers pull it out against the Bengals, sixteen thirteen. The Cardinals beat the 49ers. 24-20. The Saints beat the Bucks 34-23. Um, I, I think, well, the Chargers-Bengals game is irrelevant to our conversations, but uh, the 49ers game by the Cardinals is, is interesting. So before everyone jumps all over me for the 49ers, just know, if you remember who my sneaky pick of my entire the Cardinals. my entire record was, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, yes. see, I, told you the, yes. I told you the 49ers are bad. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Bad. I don't think that's the case at all. I think the Cardinals are good. I think they're really good, and I think we're going to see a, a, a new team at the top of the NFC West. Again, week one overreactions, I love yeah, but it. That's the, but that's the point I'll concede <laughs> to you, Bobby, is that the Cardinals are better than they are, and the 49ers are just as good as we think because they, they still played a good game today, and the guys that we expected to uh, su- succeed for the 49ers did that. But just like we talked about in the Colts game, if George Kittle doesn't go down late in that game, that probably turns out differently. So, I mean, that game was pretty close. And then the Saints-Buccaneers game, I'm with you guys. I think the Buccaneers are going to be good. But as Dave said, the, the Saints are probably going to be their Achilles heel. Um, and then we're not going to have any time to get to the late games. Uh, <laughs> but the Monday night games, the Steelers take on the Giants in New York. Uh, the Titans take on the Broncos in Denver. I like both of those games. I just think they're going to be fun to watch because football. And, Bobby, tonight your Cowboys take on the Rams. I'm I ready. think that's going I'm to ready. be – I think it's going to be a, a an interesting game. The Cowboys take it. I, I agree. I think the Cowboys do take this game. Um, I am a little nervous. Like I said, the, the trend here week one has been continuity. So I'm a little nervous with the new staff coming in and seeing what results come out onto the field. However, you know me. Mr. Optimism. I'm ready. 34 to 10, Cowboys. So we're, we're getting Let's towards go. the end of the show. Uh, so we, we hope you'll all stick around for one of our favorite segments of the live Sunday Night Sports Wraps. It's been a staple on this show for years. 
Uh, now, with the state of the sizzle, I give you DK, David Clark. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, well, boys, another great show coming hot off the heels of a great week in sports. The state of the sizzle is a little burnt out. I'd like to talk today about the experience of watching your team play. When you have a horse in a race, you have an emotional investment in the outcome of a game. This weekend, starting on Friday, I experienced enough emotional roller coasters that I'm starting to think the Six Flags season pass will be more cost-effective than a one-day ticket. It started on Friday with our beloved Boston Celtics playing the real BK Bob Kelly's beloved Toronto Raptors. and I was very confident going into the series, as you guys remember, that we would sweep Toronto. I felt we were a shot 0.5 on the clock away from doing just that, but Game sevens are always nerve-wracking, even when you think you have the superior team. The Celtics left it late and went behind a few times, but they got the job done. I was stressed out for minute one, but the immeasurable relief I felt when we finally advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals was a small kindness. Then Saturday morning came, and I'm emotionally abused again by the tricky Reds of Liverpool. 1-0 turns into 1-1, 2-1 turns into 2-2, then 3-3. Not a lot of time left. First game of the season, newly promoted side. We don't want to drop points here. Okay, Mozala penalty, we get it done. 4-3, again, relief, but relief is not happiness. Sunday, 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 Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears take the field and storm to a lackluster first quarter. Bending and breaking defense, down three scores. After an impassioned plea on our podcast this week for people to believe in Mitch Trubisky, he's looking to confirm all doubts until a heroic performance takes them to the W. I went three for three on my teams this weekend. Why do I feel defeated and deflated? Those games took a lot out of me, man. I wonder and have wondered, which type of win is better? Would you guys rather see the Pats cruise to a 34-0 victory over the Dolphins today? Or would you rather have ridden the inarguably higher highs of a game like today? The Bears played the Lions. Would you rather a blowout or a big-time comeback? Well, for me, in my youth, I could ride those moments. These days, it just gives me the agina. To our audience, budding as it is, growing every week, I beg you, if you know anyone that has any say over the aforementioned uh, professional sports teams, you can tell them if they want to just start getting the job done early, I'll still watch to the end. I can't handle the stress anymore. Funny way to act about three wins, though, right? It's still fresh. Give it a day, and hopefully the anxiety will clear, and I can appreciate it. Like I said at the start, I'm a little burnt out. The state of the sizzle could use a boring game. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Great as always. You're not wrong, but right now I need all the excitement I can get. So that (laughs) that is going to do it for the Sunday Night Sports Wrap. But before we leave you, let's go around the room. Uh, Let's have our final words. And um, let's start with uh, Bob Kelly. Final word is we're back. It's NFL season. And like I said in my post earlier, it's time for us and the NFL to save 2020. One Sunday at a time. That's Michael it. Marcangelo. I, I really don't know how to follow that. I just, the next time that we speak, the Celtics would have hopefully beat the Heat in, in seven games. Uh, I'm, I'm amped up for that series, and I, I'm just so pleased with how Cam Newton and the Patriots look so far. Dave, you got anything else for final word? Uh, well, we're going to talk on Tuesday. You know, we have a podcast on Tuesday, so don't worry, Mike. It'll be fine. Not this week. We don't? Why not? No, because the live show goes this week, so we, we don't do one for Thursday. Unless oh, yeah. you want to. We can all talk on Tuesday night. I think yeah, that would Craig, be Craig, Craig, Craig looks stressed. All right, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, another one? God, guys. Um, Ray Sean, over to you. Uh, just got to say that Superman, the new Superman is in. 
the building. As you see on here, I'm, I'm rocking the jersey. Got the Cam Newton threads already. So he was great today. It was good to see him start out, have a great start uh, to the 2020 season. Um, and uh, as always, I will end every show with this until it happens. Arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. Mr. D'Alessandro. So we're about a little over a month into this uh, this uh, experience of ours here doing this podcast. And we talked about doing this for, what, four or five months, trying to get this whole thing put together. And now we finally, finally, through the foreseeable future, unless something bad happens, have content to put out for you, have content for the content to put out every single week. That makes me so happy. And also, if we do a podcast on Tuesday, I will quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> so in that case, we're not doing one. So hope you enjoyed the live show. Uh, guys, thank you. Yeah, you know, we, we went over 600 downloads. Um, Dave, your, your interview that you did with Hillary Rose is still killing it. So if you haven't listened to uh, local Boston MMA fighter Hillary Rose's conversation with Dave Clark and Mike Marcangelo, go to the SNSW podcast, uh, give it a download, give it a listen. Because uh, it, it's absolutely it's it's killer. They knocked it out of the park. Uh, Hillary is great. Make sure to follow her on uh, Instagram uh, and just just follow her career. She's pretty fun from the Boston area. Uh, very down to earth person. Great fighter. And we'd love for you guys to hear that conversation. Uh, if you haven't listened to episodes five and six of the podcast yet, which are our NFC and AFC predictions for the NFL season. Uh, go over and get those as well wherever you listen to your podcast those were fun ones to do uh, there's so many other podcasts that we've put out there already the championship rewrap where we talk about the 2001 new england patriots that was so much fun to record with you guys and, and even listen back to even though i hate listening to myself uh but guys I'm, I'm proud of all of us you guys are doing a great job and and we're this is this is fun and i love doing this on a sunday night in the middle of football season because bobby like you said football is back and you know guys th- today would have been one of those days where I would have been hustling out of my dad's truck, asking Craig for a ride home at the, at the end of the show 10 years ago. Um, today, I told you guys beforehand that today was a little bit different. Um, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm usually on the way to Gillette Stadium, pulling into the parking lot up by a seasonal home store, not a sponsor, and uh, having a beer with my dad and walking up to tailgate and then going into a football game. But I got to tell you, today was a little bit different sat on my couch, hung out with my dad. I had my one-year-old walking around, toddling around the, the, the living room, trying to steal snacks from us all day. Very different experience, but regardless, um, it was while watching my favorite sport of football. And it's uh, it, it, to cap off my day to sit here with you guys and talk about it, um, it it's just so much fun. And now I'm going to go watch the Dallas Cowboys beat up on the L.A. Rams. Um, and I, it's so funny. I said to you guys before – that I've never been so invested in the Cowboys and the Bears until we got <laughs> back together like this. But that's fun to me because we, we, we share that common interest. And I, I said it on the championship sports, uh, the championship rewrap to share sports with people, share your experience of sports with people because it's a big part of everybody's lives. And if you don't like sports, what are you listening to us for anyway? But uh, if you do, um, you know, share it with somebody because we get to share it with each other every week in, in two hours, uh, one Sunday. And uh, it's also nice to have a little drink with you guys, even if it is virtually. So um, I, I really enjoyed today. Football's back. Uh, the, the Celtics are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and this, this was a lot of fun, guys. So, again, for uh, Rayshon Buchanan, 
Bob Kelly, Mike Marcangelo, Dave Clark, and our EP, Craig D'Alessandro. Thank you for tuning in to the live Sunday Night Sports Wrap. If you're listening to this after Sunday night, thank you for listening to us after. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Craig has been also putting these up on YouTube because we love Craig and he's the best. And uh, make sure to subscribe, comment down below, leave us a review, uh, comment, talk to us, engage. We like to engage back, especially Dave on Twitter. So uh, for the yeah. – for for the five of you, I am Joe Malkin. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to episode seven of the SNSW podcast. Once again, I am Craig D'Alessandro, executive producer of the SNSW Network. If this is your first time finding us, we hope you enjoyed today's show. Please consider subscribing. The show notes and transcripts of today's episode can be found in the description box below, as well as our WordPress and Buzzsprout pages. If you're new to the show or you haven't yet, please consider subscribing. It's the easiest way to see when we publish new episodes. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever you generally get your podcasts. Be sure to rate us and leave a review of any of our shows. We always appreciate your feedback. And be sure to follow us on all of our social medias. All of our links will be in the show notes. For Joe Malkin, Rayshon Buchanan, Dave Clark, Rob Kelly, and Michael Marcangelo, I'm Craig D'Alessandro. We'll talk to you next time. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electric acid. Electric acid.